Today's podcast is sponsored by Jack Frost Big Boulder Ski Areas, where the snow comes first. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. All right, today is Tuesday, January 14th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. A proposed bill that would ban flavored vaping products heads to Governor Phil Murphy's desk for a signature. The Democratic-led Senate passed the bill 22 to 15 with the Democratic-controlled Assembly voting 53 to 11 with eight lawmakers not voting on the measure that bans e-cigarette flavors, including any fruit or candy, among others. Lawmakers say the flavors are meant to hook young people who are using the products in increasing numbers. Opponents of the legislation who crowded Part of the state house complex Monday say officials should better enforce the smoking age instead of barring uh, of age adults from buying products they enjoy using. The smoking age in New Jersey is 21. Governor Murphy has been supportive of the idea of a flavored ban, but his office didn't respond when asked how they'd handle the legislation. Massachusetts is the only other state with the statewide ban on flavors, according to the Campaign for Tobacco Free Kids. Through eight, although uh, eight states have enacted emergency regulations to halt the sale of flavored vaping products. The rule. Rules face legal challenges and are in effect in only three states, according to the campaign, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and Washington. CDC officials said that they have narrowed in on a culprit, a chemical compound called vitamin E acetate uh, that have been found in the lungs of some sick patients and the products they use to vape. Uh, Vitamin E acetate is a thickening agent that has been added to elicit high-inducing vaping liquids. And now speaking of that, state police uh, say that they are filing charges against two teenage girls who allowed a two-year-old boy to inhale from a vaping device while they were babysitting him. The 18-year-old and 17-year-old girls are being charged with endangering the welfare of a child. Teens recorded the, in- the teens recorded the incident and posted it on Snapchat. Police say the incident happened while the 17-year-old girl was babysitting the child last Thursday evening at a home in St. Clair Township, Westmoreland County. State police were alerted to the Snapchat video by a tip sent to the state's Safe to Say Something program. According According to police, the two-year-old boy took the device from the nightstand. Police say the young women allowed the child to inhale from it while they recorded the incident. The clip, uh, the video clip appears to show the child coughing, falling down and crying. The girls can be laughing in the background. I think we just have a little yeah. uh, clip of that. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Jesus. Isn't that the word? Like, just that little cough. I was like, you've mm-hmm. got to be kidding me. You guys ever seen uh, video footage? It's uh, somewhere uh, in the east where it's a, it's a kid who's like five years old smoking cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. I mean chain smoking. I mean yeah. looking like yeah. an adult Blowing smoke smoking rings. cigarettes, yeah. lighting them up himself. Yeah. yeah, very bizarre. Yep. So it just made me think of that. But this is obviously a different thing. A two year old oh, child who they're yeah, that's that's terrible. State police say other than the coughing, the child did not display any other visual effects from inhaling from the device, which contained three percent three percent nicotine and no THC. Investigators say that the boy's parents have been notified along with children and youth services. Uh, the investigation continues, but the two girls are being char- charged with endangering the welfare of a child. Police in Bucks County are investigating after the abrupt closure of a wedding venue, the barn at Forestville on Forest Grove Road in Buckingham Township closed their doors with no warning. Right now, police in Bucks County are asking couples who were set to get married there to get in touch with them to determine if the abrupt move is a crime. One bride says that she and her fiancé signed their contract uh, at the Forestville barn in September of last year. They paid $2,000, one-third of the cost. She said the owner failed to tell her that he was having legal trouble. According to Buckingham Township officials, the owner of the Forestville barn, Lonnie Plummer, agreed to close his business at the end of 2018 because it was 
wasn't zoned as a public venue and neighbors had complained about noise. But he continued to operate into 2019 oh. and kept taking deposits for weddings stretching into 2020. Uh, on December 31st, the court officially ordered Plummer to close. Plummer apparently promised to refund the couple's money back in September, but they say they haven't seen anything yet. Oops. She said uh, at first he had an excuse after excuse, even claiming that the check got lost in the mail, but then later admitted that he didn't have the money. Buckingham Township police are afraid more consumers will be impacted by the closure. They just don't know it yet. Detective Tim Johnson is asking affected customers to please contact him immediately at the Buckingham Township Police Department. There's such a meticulous amount of planning that goes into a wedding, and when something like this happens, whether it be like a, a wedding dress place goes out of business, it's just three. You can imagine the level of panic in these people. It's just yeah. off the charts. Well, and this one bride that ABC talked to, she was um, ordering her invitations to send them out. So it was like right at the point where it was getting sent out. Unfortunately, she figured it out before Listen, that happened. In the building here next to Cho's, the little convenience store. I mean, it's this, pretty big yeah, there. Yeah, you could yeah. probably handle a few people. Is that room down there? Yeah. We've had, we've had conferences there before. Why not? <laughs> if you need a temporary fix and you, and Cho's can cater it, if you don't mind Twizzlers and tampons. <laughs> Twizzlers and tampons. Tampons is the party favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, Twizzlers exactly. is a nice little, uh, you know, uh, Other stuff, yeah. <laughs> Buckingham Township has also sued Plummer for about $84,000 in zoning fines, but he has appealed that. In sports this morning. All sacks are young. The Flyers came all the way back from a 5-2 deficit to beat the Boston Bruins, winning 6-5 in an overtime shootout. Travis Sanheim tied the game in the third period, and Travis Konechny was the only player to score in the shootout as the Flyers earned the win. The comeback began with a Sean Couturier goal, 6-48 to play, followed by one by Connor Bunneman 90 seconds later. After a scoreless overtime, Konechny scored in the fifth shootout round, while Carter Hart stopped all the shots in overtime and the shootout for the win. The Flyers are on the road tomorrow night with the game in St. Louis against the Stanley Cup champs. T.J. Warren blocked a potential go-ahead three-pointer with 29 seconds left, and the Pacers scored the final seven points for a 101-95 win over the Sixers last night in Indiana. The Pacers are now uh, have now beaten the Sixers twice in 14 days and hold the number five spot in the Eastern Conference what standings. A half a game ahead of the Sixers. They're back home tomorrow night with a game against the Brooklyn Nets, and tip-off is at 7 o'clock. Joe Burrow ended his Heisman winning season by bringing a national championship to LSU. Burrow threw five touchdown passes, ran for another score, and led the top-ranked LSU Tigers to a 42-25 win over number 3 Clemson last night in college football playoff finals. And in baseball news, Houston Astros general manager uh, Jeff Leno and manager A.J. Hint were fired by owner Jim Crane after Major League Baseball's announcement of discipline following the sign-stealing scandal. A league investigation confirmed the Astros cheated by using a camera-based sign-stealing system during the regular season and playoffs of their World Series winning 2017 season and during part of the 2018 regular season. Leno and Hinch were suspended for the 2020 season, but Crane, the team's owner, said the team wanted to go beyond the ruling. At a press conference, Crane said neither one of them started this, but neither one of them did anything about it. We need to move forward with a clean slate. That's pretty wild. And that's what I have for you this morning. Thanks a bunch, Kat. So we are prepared for... uh some money again today. We are uh, we're giving cash away left and right. We start it. Easy money is the name of the promotion, and it happens five times a day. We get the honor of kicking that off around eight a.m. Actually, at eight a.m. is when we will do that. 
Uh, so get yourself set for $1,000 in cash. And then if you watched Dr. Oz yesterday, you could win yourself $500 around 9.30. We'll ask a question about yesterday's show on Dr. Oz. Let's we'll see if you can answer it and grab that cash. We also have Tattoos Day today. Yeah. Chance to win a free Preston and Steve tattoo from world-famous Philadelphia Eddie's Tattoo. Uh, and it's a $350, $350 gift certificate. Uh, and you got to get a Preston and Steve-themed tattoo. So if you're interested, text the word tattoo to 39333, and we will see if you win later on. By the way, the 22nd annual Philadelphia Tattoo Arts Convention is coming this weekend at the Pennsylvania Convention Center. So that's a big deal. You can visit villainarts.com for all the information. It's huge. Um, that is taking place, and uh, the Geeter is stopping by, Jerry Blavitt. Jerry comes by every year. You gotta uh, love the Geeter. He always has a big concert he wants to promote. He's uh, he's such a personality and and such a uh, uh, a tied in individual to this city. So we love having him by. By the way, they're doing a disco show. There you go. Which should be pretty interesting. I'm I'm curious as to the acts that are going to be on board for this show, which will be uh, January 25th, and that will be at the Kimmel Center. So the Geeter stopping by this morning. High energy as always. I'm sure. Uh, so these things and more are taking place during our span of time on the uh, radio this morning. We hope you'll stick with us. We'll take a break. Come back in a second. I got a load of entertainment stories, as always, and a stupid question with some stuff for you to win. Don't go far, because we'll be back in just a moment. Hey, it's Preston. Listen, thank you to Jack Frost Mountain for sponsoring today's podcast. Keep listening to the Preston and Steve Show to find out when we're headed back to Jack Frost Mountain for the 14th annual Cardboard Classic. And visit jfbb.com anytime for conditions and to view their live webcam. JFBB, where the snow comes first. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. For the stupid question, we will give away a four-pack of tickets for the worst-case scenario survival experience, which is now at the Franklin Institute. The question I have for you this morning. Um, So, Florida. The uh, alligator is their official state reptile. Yes. There are two other states in the union that have the alligator as their official state reptile. Hmm. Name one of those and you get the prize. Wow. 215-263-WMMR. So other than Florida, name one of the two U.S. states that has the alligator, the American alligator, as their official state reptile. Call right now, 215-263-WMMR is the number. A uh, lot of uh, celebrity birthdays on January 14th. We'll begin with the big one in the world of rock and just commenting on uh, his major influence passing, Neil Peart. It is Dave Grohl's birthday today. Uh, he is celebrating his 51st birthday. Foo Fighters are currently uh, writing and recording new music, so we will have that out this year, which is cool. What a stellar career he's had when Amazing. he was, you know, originally just, well, not not just, but the drummer for Nirvana. Who knew yeah. when he stepped out in front that he'd be this force? He's one of the forces that I think has helped to keep rock alive. I would agree with you on Celebrating that. it. Yeah, they, they play pretty straight ahead rock music, and I love it. And uh, he's a rock fan of all yes. rock genres, which is impressive. And then what he's gone on to do with the documentary, the Sound City stuff. and Love it. It's impressive. He's just a great ambassador yeah. for, for the format. So. And barbecuing, too. Uh, that, too. It's, it's, yeah. it's yeah. his big-time passion. Yes, who knew? He's uh, 51 years old today. Uh, would love to talk to him. Met him way back when, back in the early 
days of uh, Foo Fighters. Nice guy, but I'd like to I'd like to meet him again after all these years and all the success. Caleb Followell, the singer and guitarist for Kings of Leon, uh, is thirty eight years old today. Solid band. Only. Caleb's are married to supermodels, right? Aren't they? I know Call one the of them for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know, but uh, uh, he is uh, 38 today, and I'm sure he's a happy boy. Uh, also, a guy who's been here before. There's a lot of music birthdays today. Uh, Zach Wild, guitarist for Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. Black Label Society is uh, 53. He is a big and imposing individual. With a belt buckle bigger than Elvis's belt buckle. <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, nice enough guy, uh, and he's a bit of a badass, and he's a great guitar player, too, so... He's uh, 53 years old today. Another uh, group that was in our studio, so this singer was here, Jeff Tate of Queensryche, uh, is 61 years old today. A little, little disappointed by him. Yeah. He's... A, a lot disappointed, because yeah. he was supposed to do this song. This song was promised, and he purposely didn't, no. so I, I was very disappointed. He cursed him yeah. to hell. He's, Go to hell. He's, he's known to be... Mercurial? Kind of a jerk. All right. I don't know what mercurial means, uh, but I'll moody. say sure. yeah. Uh, yes, he's uh, yeah, he's he's known to have a bit of an ego too. But what a voice uh, in in the world of uh, metal! He's a great singer. He's uh, sixty one years old today. L L Cool J yeah is celebrating his fifty second birthday today, and the L L stands for ladies love. Ladies love Cool James. Is All right, what Cool J means yeah. Night uh, really cool guy, uh, uh, the talented musician, and has gone on to be. A great host, actor. Yeah, uh, he's solid. Yeah. I, 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 honestly, I, I dismissed him quickly when he came on the scene. Now I love him. I think he is a really talented, smart guy. Dude's in great shape. He's too, super always. good shape. Yeah, he's, he's jacked. Uh, so, fifty-two years old today. L. O. Cool J. Actress Emily Watson, uh, who's been in everything from Gosford Park to uh, Red Dragon, Chernobyl. She was in Steve. She was excellent. That's that's next up on your party yeah, list, Preston yeah, Chernobyl. Party. Big fun, very much in the uh, <laughs> spirit of Revenge of the Nerds. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's 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 a downer in many ways, but it is so powerful. It's got to be. And yeah, she she's it. actually playing a an amalgamation of multiple scientists. Okay. So she stands for the, you know a lot of people who did some really noble. Chernobyl work. She's a, uh, a composite <laughs> character of sorts. That was good. Thank you. Uh, she's 53. Uh, actor Kevin Durand, uh, who's been in a bunch of stuff. He's a very large guy. Uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. He played uh, the Blob. Yeah. Uh, he was in The Strain. Oh. Um, he was also in, uh, I, I was just watching not long ago, with the movie Real Steel. It's a guilty pleasure for me, the fighting robot movie. I love that movie. And he's kind of the, the nemesis in, yeah. the, in that uh, in that movie. He um, also played in, in, a, in a movie I just saw. He played the nemesis to Joe Weider. It's the story of Joe Weider, you know, the bodybuilder who got found, who discovered Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah, and he was sort of a competing uh, guy. I guess he was playing a real guy. Okay, uh, but he is a good character actor. But you're right, Preston. The dude's huge. Yeah, he's uh, 46 today. Casey, you were just talking about the Outsider, the new uh, yeah. show on HBO. It's Jason Bateman's birthday. He's the lead in that. Yeah. Who would have thought Jason Bateman back in the early days? When he was just starting up, that he would be as great as he is. Was it Valerie, the series? Of, I think it was Valerie. Valerie's family, family. And, and then they killed her off, and it was the Hogan <laughs> the family. Hogan's. Yeah. Uh, but he is he has gone on to do so many great things, and wonderful comedy and excellent drama as well. Arrested Development, 
uh, up in the air. Horrible bosses. Ozark was hugely successful. Yeah, yeah, and that's still going on, right? There's another season coming coming out. Oh, I didn't even know that. I thought yeah. it was done. Okay. And so what What I didn't know about The Outsider, and they, they aired the first two episodes on Sunday night. I, I watched them yesterday. It's it's dark, and it's good, and I'm hooked, and I'm in. He directed both of those episodes. Jason Bateman? Okay. Yeah, so I don't know if Look he directed the whole series, but, man, he did a great job. Yeah. Wow. He's really, really... Um, Talented? Talented, no, but I was just going to say, like, the, the very, very moody, uh, the, okay. the first two episodes. He's 51 today. Uh, speaking of directing, Steven Soderbergh uh, celebrates his 57th. We were just talking about uh, Behind the Candelabra, Preston, right? He he directed that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. The Liberace uh, movie. Also, Sex, Lies, and Videotape, Aaron Brockovich, uh, Traffic, The Oceans movies. Um, Faye Dunaway. Uh, the uh, the great actress Chinatown. I mean, come on, it's a masterpiece. Bonnie and Clyde, Mommy she's great. dearest, for Christ's sake. She's... Thomas Crown Affair Network. Yeah, yeah. great actress. Seventy six today, and then I saved one of our favorites uh, for last. Well, next to last, uh, Carl Weathers. Oh, Apollo freaking Creed, and Action Jackson, and Predator. And Predator. Who is he in Predator? Dutch. He's was, also no, no, Dutch was Arnold. Right? Dylan. 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 There you go. Dylan. happened to you, Dylan? Uh, but he's also Preston in The Mandalorian. Oh, is he? He's now, excellent. The Mandalorian. Yeah. Okay. He's really good. Nice. He's, dude, we just, we came by here. We're like, he was so cool. One of my favorite interviews uh, of all time. Just the best. Uh, he is celebrating his 72nd birthday today. Still in good shape. And also celebrating a birthday Marissa's mom, Conra. Conra has the birthday. So uh, happy birthday to... uh, Without Conra, there would be no Marissa. (laughs) That's true. Without Marissa, we wouldn't be here. She's uh, a very nice woman. I love her. And a coincidence, she at one time dated Carl Weathers. Wow. Well, listen, he's tied to Philadelphia. I can see him being around town and they had a thing, you know? (laughs) It's bound to happen. He's a slick-looking guy. Happy birthday to Conra. And uh, give uh, Carl Weathers our best. (laughs) All right, let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question this morning. So the American alligator is the official uh, state reptile of Florida and also two other states. I want you to name one of the other two states and you'll be good to go. 215-263-WMMR. We're going to go to Dave for the answer. Hi, Dave. Hey, good morning. Uh, Dave, can you name one of the two states? Or I see you might even know both of them. Uh, Louisiana and Mississippi. Yeah, you're oh. right. Down in the bayou. You got it, man. Hang on, Dave. We're going to get your information. We're going to set you over the four-pack of tickets for the worst-case scenario survival experience, and that is now open at the Franklin Institute. You can uh, jump, play, and uh, climb in this kid-friendly experience and build your survival smarts. You can get tickets today at fi.edu. All right, let's get into the entertainment stories. We're going to begin with the royal family as Queen Elizabeth gathered bigwig royals for a summit over Megxit. Prince William and Prince Harry. We're using it now. It has to be. It works out. Uh, came out with a rare joint statement about the persistent rumors that they are having a dramatic falling out. Why don't you buck the system, Preston, and call it Megzergate? Megzergate. <laughs> Let's Americanize it just <laughs> yeah. immediately. So d- despite, here's here's what the statement says. Despite clear denials, a false story ran in a UK newspaper today speculating about the relationship between the Duke and Sussex and the uh, the Duke of Sussex and the Duke of Cambridge. 
uh, for brothers who care so deeply about the issues surrounding mental health, the use of inflammatory language in this way is offensive and potentially harmful. Royal reporter Rebecca English weighed in on Twitter writing, It's clear from my conversations this morning that both brothers are deeply, deeply unhappy about suggestions that Harry feels he has been bullied out of the royal family uh, by William. Reaction to their statement on Twitter from Royal Watchers was mixed, many applauding them for their transparency and others saying that it was a little too late. Now, the 93-year-old monarch met with Prince Charles, the heir to her throne, and William and Harry to Sandringham House. To, uh, they went to Sandringham House to sort out the details of this event. She issued a statement uh, after in complete support of their decision. And here's what it had to say. She said, today my family had very constructive discussions on the future of my grandson and his family. Uh, she said, my family and I are entirely supportive of Harry and Meghan's desire to create a new life as a young family, although we would have preferred them to remain full-time working members of the royal family. Of course, we would have liked it. We respect and understand their wish to live a more independent life as a family while remaining a valued part of my family. Don't uh, you think like it's like a little, they got like the big whole wedding, and, the, and then now they're like, meh, I don't know. Right. We're going to walk away the whole, uh, the whole official thing. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> They got quite literally the royal treatment. Yeah, and then she's like, yeah, we're done. I got sucked into a full-blown conversation. There was a, a feature on one of the news shows last night about this thing, and there's so many different angles to it. Uh, the general consensus is you knew what you were getting into, uh, but uh, then there are other people who say, you know, uh, like uh, Princess Diana probably at, at some point was looking to do something similar to this. Yeah. Well, yeah. and maybe also because they... Because William is, uh, he's going to inherit more, right? Well, he gets the throne. He gets the throne. So Harry's probably like, well, we can do this if we want to. I'm not getting anything. Right, right. Harry's behind William's kids when it comes to the Correct. line of succession. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, it has therefore been agreed, the statement continues, that uh, there will be a period of transition in which the Sussex, Sussexes will spend time in Canada and the UK, she said. And we're going to give them the Falklands. Uh, these are complex matters for my family to resolve, and there is some more work to be done, but I have asked for final decisions to be reached in the coming days. A major issue is money. Yes. Uh, Harry and Meghan have said they will no longer use a sovereign grant fund to pay for uh, their office costs, but would still use public money to pay for trips at the request of the government. He can still keep his by for money, right? Uh, they're not Jewish. Oh. Uh, they also <laughs> want to remain in Frogmore Cottage with the Queen's permission. Another open question is whether Meghan will uh, be allowed to financially benefit from her celebrity status, acting as a brand ambassador for fashion and fragrance houses like Nicole Kidman and Julia Roberts. Reports indicate she's already lining up potential deals. Yeah. And what about security? Taxpayer-funded security for the royals would become extraordinarily expensive if they were to live in North America and uh, and the U.K., uh, sources tell E.T. that Meghan and Harry are looking at places in Canada and Los Angeles that will retain their home in Frogmore and carry out duties in the U.K., the source explains, uh, but also spend the majority... I wasn't going to put my two cents in here. Oh, okay. Okay. Hey, look, I moved from an entirely different planet and made it work. I think you can, too. You didn't really make it work. They tried to kill you. I made it work. But also... <laughs> talking, you know, right? You're okay. Yeah. You win. Uh, so I'm working for Xfinity. Uh, they will. <laughs> yeah, your your fingers like fiber optics. Absolutely, so, man. Yeah, right. unbelievable. So I'll come over and finger your TV. 
They will retain their home in Frogmore and carry out duties in the U.K., sources say. And also, uh, the source says, but uh, spend the majority of their time in North America. Uh, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has reportedly uh, privately assured the Queen that his taxpayers will help foot the bill for Meghan and Harry's security while they're in Canada. The family would be protected by Royal Canadian Mounties. Guards who represent the Queen in Canada, according to the Evening Standard. So there's a whole lot to work out here. Yeah, and I think this is just step one. Yeah, I, I think also what what I read is that the Queen has at least a, a good part of her agreement, or what she would like or wants to happen or will make happen, is that they spend more time back in England than they were originally planning. Mm. All right. So uh, real quick, I mean, how rich is the royal family? We're, we're talking billions, right? They're know. super wealthy. Okay. I don't know their exact level of wealth, but uh, you know, so for for example, um, the, Meghan and Harry, the, a large portion of the money they were getting was coming directly from Prince Charles. Okay. Oh my God! What? what? Eighty-eight billion. Okay. Wow. So why go. why are taxpayers having to pit, put the bill here? That's always been that, the case. Yeah. yeah. That, and it's it's been a, a point of contention over the last few decades because taxpayers have footed a lot of the bills of the royal family, and they're worth that much money. Yeah. So a lot of Brits uh, don't appreciate that. Yeah, but there's also a lot of tradition that they hold uh, dear and that they want to keep that alive. Canadians are just going to eat that up, too? I don't know, man. Okay. All right, let's move on to uh, American royalty. Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. (laughs) And her vagina candles. Uh, I would like a candle made of my vagina. Uh, She has a lot going on between the acting gigs, motherhood, and being a multi-platform goop entrepreneur. She is a goop entrepreneur. Uh, she uh, so perhaps she can uh, be forgiven for getting uh, for forgetting that she starred with Zendaya in Spider-Man: Homecoming while hyperventilating about the moment their moment of fashion twinning. Uh, Zendaya wore a hot purple metallic anatomical breastplate. By Tom Ford for the 2020 Critics' <laughs> Choice Awards. Oh, man! Rocking several best-of-dressed looks. And Paltrow rocked the same look on the cover of Harper's Bazaar February issue. So Gwenny commented on Instagram uh, on the shot of Zendaya. She said, thank God I can say I have something in common with Zendaya. Seemed like she had forgotten that they were in Homecoming together. I'm Isn't this the to... second time? Yeah. This is an old story. It's an old story reborn. Uh, yes, was that Homecoming? She, she was talking to well? somebody, but John Favreau told. Yeah, but is that what they were talking about, Homecoming? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, she she had forgotten she was in Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, yeah. The yeah, first, she was for, for, forgot she was, yeah, so that was it. And then so subsequently then, it stands to reason she forgot that she was in a movie with Zendaya. <sighs> I'm trying this to is how the world works. I'm trying to remember... Uh, who? Uh, what role? What scene she was in? At the in. last scene where they're gonna when Robert Downey Jr. when Tony Stark is gonna make good. Yeah, he's, yeah. that's in Homecoming. That's yeah. in Homecoming. Okay, and he goes, "We have a big announcement to make," and then he. Yeah, passes I remember. Out. Yeah, I just forgot if it was in Homecoming or there wasn't one before Homecoming, right? It was just Spider Man no. Homecoming. So it was the same movie that they were talking about with John. Right, Trump. right. Uh, Zendaya told E.T. of her look. I saw it on the runway and thought it was sick, thick, and amazing. Uh, because Matt Cowper on the runway, wish you're wearing a thick. <laughs> we're not on the red carpet talking to Zendaya. That's totally thick. Because uh, they were actually able to play thick to scan and, thick. and mold my own body. Shoes are thick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it fits me the right way. So it's pretty cool. She said, "Thick." It was a very <laughs> science tech situation going on, so it was. Uh, you see, Calper in the distance, running towards the camera. One of a kind. Thick. 
<laughs> when he was walking away. <laughs> so how would he how would he describe something he doesn't like as not sick or oh. you know I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. I've never heard him. Uh, he seems to like everything. Uh, so healthy, healthy, yeah. <laughs> It's very healthy. Uh, she added, I have definitely had some of my own, like, red carpet moments uh, of having... Uh, Can you she, speak slower? I'm writing this down. She added, of having no regrets about her fashion choices over the years. She said, listen, I wouldn't take it back, though, because you have to live and learn, and you know, and that's okay. <laughs> what the... <laughs> 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 hey, don't shoot the messenger. I know. I know you have this. Is what is the news? You're still you're relaying it. I'm trying to figure out. So we have. So it's like a sentence. We have the noun. We have the. Pre- I'm just trying to figure out what happened. So I like, I like this uh, this breast. Plate look thing. That's uh, it's, it's pretty sexy. It's, it is sexy, it's especially sick. on. Uh, it is sick. Yeah, yeah but her. Sick. I mean, if you're gonna have sick and sexy, wear it. Uh, Zendaya and Gwenny are two two good ones. What I like about it is that it's soft, sick, and sexy. It reminds me of something that I can't quite recall. It does look like something they'd wear on um, Star Trek. Yeah, Star Trek or in uh, uh, Wakanda or oh, something yeah, yeah. like yeah. that. But you know what it reminds but me of? a different of? color. What's it that? reminds me of the beginning of Daredevil, where that like thing is kind of like uh, it's like a. Like a thing, <laughs> the, the movie or the TV show? The TV show, oh, sick. Where it's sick. Where this that liquid thing goes over Lady Justice, and so it looks like saying? body paint. Yeah, in a way, yeah. I yeah. understand what you're saying. Latex, yes, latex. All right, we got to the bottom of that. The circus atmosphere has not dissipated in Harvey Weinstein's rape trial as the search for unbiased jurors continues. And this is pretty wild. Uh, model Gigi Hadid has joined the hundreds of New Yorkers who have sat in front of Judge James Burke and were told that they could potentially serve as jurors. I think that they would pass on her probably, right? Wouldn't Wouldn't the defense wave her off because she probably has her own history of dealing with this. Well, that's that's the question. So reporters were told not to talk, but were later granted permission to spill the beans. As usual, Burke reportedly asked the 120 potential jurors whether they knew Weinstein, his lawyers, defense attorneys, or any of the people who may be discussed or called on as witnesses. Uh, Hadid told Burke that she'd met both Weinstein and Salma Hayek, one of the 80-plus women who accused Weinstein of sexual misconduct. Burke then asked Hadid, is there anything about having met them that makes you... Uh, unable to be an impartial juror, and Hadid told the judge, I think I'm still able to keep an open mind on the facts. They're just going through the formalities. Right. So, so the judge he's, reprimanded he's, her. He's not going to say, get out of here. Get out of here. You know, they, she's just answering. They're asking the question. She's answering it. So uh, the case could run for two months in court. Yeah, more than likely she's not going to be picked no. on the jury. I can't imagine any defense lawyer saying, yeah, that's we'll go with her. Uh, those who have not been dismissed for personal conflicts or health reasons were told to return Thursday for the more formal uh, voir dire process. So, Burke informed jurors Monday that some potential jurors had discussed the case on social media despite his instructions. He Can't said do that. That uh, there could be consequences. He said, let me tell you, uh, they may be held in contempt of court and face serious consequences and up to and including 30 days in jail and a significant fine. So, don't do that. Well, Stop the, being that. Stop <laughs> being that. Yeah. Will the judge allow you to be to talk about the case on some forms of social media, like... TikTok or something. Maybe they'll allow Grinder or, or yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I know it's a, a, a gay dating app, but right, you but can talk about it. Talk about it. You know. Stranger Things star Millie Bobby Brown 
appear to confirm her rumored romance with Joseph Robinson. He is 17 years old and the son of England World Cup rugby champ Jason Robinson. Wow, how old is she? She is 16, maybe. I, I, you know what, Nick? Can you look that yeah. up, Millie Bobby Brown? It's weird to think of her the way she looked when we first saw her in the series, and now she's a, a woman. She she has uh, she has blossomed into a very yeah. pretty young lady. Um, he shared a picture of them on his Snapchat. In the shot, they embrace for a mirror selfie, and he captioned it L-Y-X, which means love you on the internet. Love your xylophone. And he also <laughs> appeared to share a picture of them on his Instagram stories. While they haven't confirmed their romance publicly, they have been spotted out and about, and she joined him and his family for a vacation in the Maldives in uh-huh. November. How old is she? Uh, she turned 16 next month. So. Okay. Oh, my God. She's 15. Yeah, still only All right, 15. Guy. Uh, plus, <laughs> <laughs> she was born in 2004. Yeah. Uh, plus, when uh, Joseph signed his own first rugby contract in December, she commented on the post and wrote, "Yes." Thick with a red heart emoji. By the way, <laughs> does anybody follow uh, Cowper on Snapchat? Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, she, it, it stuns me how mature and. Um, yeah, for 15? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Come on. Felicity Huffman is still doing community service after serving 11 days of time behind bars for her role in the college admission scandal. The 57-year-old was seen uh, chipping away at her 250 hours of court-mandated service at the Teen Project in L.A. They had her doing a scared straight, uh, scared straight session, Preston, with, the, uh, with the, the convicts. She goes into prison? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, her daughter, Sophia Macy, scored her first post-scandal acting role in the second season of Jordan Peele's CBS All Access Twilight Zone reboot. Huh. The 19-year-old is set for an episode called Among the Untrodden uh, with Abby Hearn. There's that one community service thing where you go and you pick up trash. That I, I, I like that little device that they use. I have one. Do you really? I actually have two. I kind of want one. Of They're those. really cool. Yeah. When you're not using it to pick up trash, it's a cool spear. <laughs> So I have a an archery target. Yeah. And sometimes you have to see, well, what if I were on an island and right. I had to spear my own food? And you practice. Casey, you're just talking about a pole with a with the little tip yeah. on it? Tip on it, yeah. Okay. Didn't you have to do that in the Keys, or was that a friend of yours? No. For no. underage drinking? Um, No, but they it wasn't me, but uh, people that I went to college with. I thought there was a story associated with you going to the Florida Keys, but they're really strict about underage drinking there. Yeah. And and maybe somebody that you were with got busted for it or something like that? Nobody that that I was with that I I recall, um, but, but I know that it happened. I th- I want to say the year my brother went. That, okay. was, that was the year that uh, his friend passed out on the beach and got sunburned on the top of his feet. Uh, yeah. So uh, memories, the, right? Yeah. Oh, good good times. Uh, <laughs> good times. I'll never forget. <laughs> anyway, case I bought mine on Amazon. Yeah. They're easy to get. All right. Uh, Bachelor in Paradise star Dean Unglert has had a not so fabulous start uh, to twenty twenty. After traveling to Switzerland for a snow-filled holiday, he landed in the hospital and was left fighting for his strength after he dislocated his hip and fractured his femur. I saw the the tease for this on the on the news. Uh, thankfully, girlfriend uh, Kaylin Miller Keys was by his side. I love you, uh, whom he thanked on Insta. Next to a sweet shot of them together, I thanked you on Insta during healthier days. Graham, he wrote. Back in the States after an unfortunate turn of events in Europe. We were in Switzerland. (laughs) Switzerland. Yeah. (laughs) It would would have been a whole lot. Where were you? Switzerland. 
It would have been a whole lot worse without my primary. And I thought, it, what if I had fallen off a mountain? <laughs> <laughs> that would hurt. You kind of did fall off a mountain. Sort of. <laughs> he said, it would have been a whole lot worse without my primary caretaker there to change my smelly socks. And Care- wipe my butt off. <laughs> <laughs> Carry- Which is, for the record, smellier. Uh <laughs> Carry my luggage and keep me entertained. Oh, man. Thank you. Yeah. Make make that funny (laughs) face again. Thank you. (laughs) You look like a silly man. (laughs) Having somebody that wiped my butt, I would hate that. Yes. I'm sorry. It's a private thing. Oh, having someone wipe your butt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean. Well, you talk about the Royals. (laughs) What do you you think all that money goes to? (laughs) Jeeves, come in here. Uh, You wipe my butt, please. (laughs) Uh, He wrote, thank you for everything you've already done and for everything you still. Everything you didn't do. And everything you still unwittingly have to do. Uh, And then he wrote her name, which is a long little, you know, Instagram (laughs) thingy. So was it the wrap? It wasn't the wrap up of the Bachelor last night, right? The, the, no, uh, it's just getting going. No, yeah. this is Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah, okay, a Bachelor in Paradise. Got to keep them all a tad bit different, and yeah. they're 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 actually exponentially dumber on Bachelor in Paradise. I believe it. They're yeah. the people that couldn't make the Bachelor. Right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So I tuned in last night, Steve, because I thought uh, the next round of the Jeopardy Goat tournament was going to be last night, but tonight it's, it's tonight. Yeah, so the, I think it was a two-hour uh, Bachelor last night. And then I switched over the flyers. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah B was on last night. Yeah. Was she? Oh yeah. I do like her. She, you know what? I you liked her. I didn't like her. You said maybe you need to revisit her. Now I like her. Yeah. I I, I mean I I think she's super duper attractive. I don't know anything about she's her. She's so smart. That well, much. she's she's throwing a wrench into the whole, uh, the whole thing here. What'd she do? Well, she's the ex girlfriend, and now now all the new girls are all pissy because oh, this girl man. came back. Hannah's mm. hanging he out. Pu- he pushed the other ones to the side. They're all spitting up huge hairballs in the dark. All right, a couple other things. Mark Hamill is praising a Flagstaff book retailer after they found and returned to him a special record that was signed by John Williams. Uh, Bookman's, which has several stores located across Arizona, is a bookstore retailer featuring entertainment exchanges, uh, including books, magazines, comics, music, movies, video games, electronics, and more. Uh, The store posted on Facebook that staff members had found a record from the first Star Wars film signed by the longtime composer John Williams. Wow. And apparently it was signed for... Mark Hamill? To Mark Hamill. Wow. And they got it to him. How cool is that? Uh, Hamill himself took to Twitter to thank Bookman's and the staff and said that he hadn't seen the record since the early 1990s. So somehow or another, it got out there and they... We got it back to That's him. a collector's item. It'd be worth a lot. Uh, I had the original soundtrack. Is it a, a photo, you said? No, it's a record. It's record. A, it's a special record that was signed uh, okay. for the films. Because yeah. I had the first run of records for the soundtrack to Star Wars yeah. with a little corner cut off on the edge where my cat pissed on it. Oh. I wonder if it'd be worth the same. In this photo, Steve, you can see it's a series of pictures that must be on the inside. It's in the inside, yeah. Because um, the actual record jacket, I remember clearly, was just black with Star Wars on the... Uh, uh, so that was very cool that they, they returned that to him. Hey, CBS, this is this is interesting, and I hope it's done well. Uh, it's giving the green light to a Silence of the Lambs spinoff. 
that will follow Clary Starling after the events of the film. Uh, the series will be set in 1993, one year after Silence of the Lambs, and will delve into the untold personal story of Starling, of course, who was played by Jodie Foster in the film. And the series is going to be Paris Hilton, right? No. I, don't, I have no idea who's starring in it. It's not going to be Paris Hilton. <laughs> Wearing skin for clothing? That's yeah. not. Uh, I would... I, I hope you're right there. There's a show called Prodigal Son, which is... Um, I think it's on Fox, but yeah. it's um, it's good. It's very much Silence of the Lambs, uh, except instead of Clarice Starling, it's it's a guy okay. who is actually the son of the serial killer who's gone on to be a uh, profiler. Oh, interesting. So it has an interesting con- conceit. If they were to do this, as you said, and be very slavish about the source material, yeah. then it could be really good. I it, If you want a really good show to watch about serial killers, and I've forgotten the name of it, but we watched both seasons immediately on Netflix. Mind Hunter, Hunter, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It is so well done. It's about the behavioral sciences program in yes, the FBI I, and how it was I watched started. the first season. I haven't seen the second. It is fan-freaking-tastic. I love it. And it's real-life cases. They add a little dramatic flair to it, but I I love. Would you call it phenomenal? Phenomenal. <laughs> and now David Fincher directed a lot of those episodes. Yeah. Uh, f- uh, seven he directed. Yeah. All right, and then one last story: uh, Fox Television Stations is set to roll out Fox Soul, a live ad-supported streamer targeting African American viewers. The f- oh. uh, free channel will include original programming and existing locally produced Fox shows. It sounds like Foxhole, though. Uh, Fox sort of Soul, you're yeah. right, Fox Soul. Uh, James Dubose, head of programming for Fox Soul, said, uh, we are proud to debut this African-American-focused channel created by and for the members of the black community. We We intend to inform, inspire, and empower our viewers by meeting their needs for authentic conversations on topics relevant to our lives. I don't know. Fox Soul. It does sound like Fox. You're right. It's hard to say it. I'm not sure when that's going to roll out exactly, but they are working on it. They were going to have a network totally devoted to a season, sorry, called Azol. <laughs> Azol. <laughs> All right. Let's try out the clips. All right. All right. An eccentric veterinarian discovers that he has the ability to talk to animals in Doolittle. Here, Robert Downey Jr. talks about the special effects crew giving each talking animal a distinctive personality. Here it is. Because uh, that long bench of talent would be adding the voice and the real specificity to the character after the fact, it was kind of like just water painting what we would imagine some of these different you know, personalities to be like. What the f*** is this? Again... Like Tony Stark, I think this is a perfect role for him. It is, you know, it is. It's he he can he can pull this off. I want to see it. The uh, it, it seems to have a very good sense of humor to it too, with the animals saying very human things. And they've added action to it. If if you see the trailer. sure, there's like a dragon in it too. Yeah, I there's... remember the first one with uh, Rex Harrison, and uh, you remember that it was it was good with the push yeah, me pull cute. you and the. Yeah. Uh, the large uh, moth and all that stuff. Yep, yep. But they're they're going to turn this into a real adventure yeah. uh, story. Uh, so it looks fun. Doolittle is in theaters uh, this Friday, by the way. Here's the next clip. Bad boys, Marcus and Mike team up again. Team up again to take down a ruthless drug cartel and bad boys for life. 
In this clip, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith discuss the aspects of the first two films that they wanted to maintain in the sequel. Here we go. The comedy. Comedy for sure. Comedy for sure. And just the fact that we could act. Mm-hmm. The drama. Yeah. The drama sure. that we, we brought to. Mm-hmm. We made the characters real. Yeah. And um, I felt like people seeing us, they just want to take a ride with they us. Say, yep. I don't I don't want I don't think I want to see it. Did that sound slowed down a little bit or something? Because that did not sound like either one of them. Uh, comedy, yeah. It sounded like they were both completely disinterested yeah, yeah, yeah. in what they were talking about. They allowed us to act. Will Smith is just sitting in the background like, yeah. Just yeah. repeating, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just get it done. Comedy, comedy for sure. Comedy for sure. Just Drama. Yeah. The drama that we draw. Real bad boy. Bad boy, what you gonna do? <laughs> Did the check clear yet? Mm. I'm yeah, out of here. Right, yeah, right, right, exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, the check cleared. I'm out of here. Bad Boys for Life uh, drops this Friday, by the way. I, I thought the first, uh, the movies were, were okay. They were fun. I, I didn't think they were It'll great. It'll do fine. Yeah. That's the first time I remember seeing Taya Leone and going, wow. Yeah. yeah she's hot. Uh, very attractive. And then first. <laughs> <laughs> she had black hair and looked sort of punk rocky. <laughs> Was, Man- was Manthe in that interview? <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> I'm a bad girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, it opens on Friday. All right, there you go, your entertainment report. Friends, we're going to take a break. We'll be back. Don't forget, money, money, money. Money! Your first chance to win $1,000 is coming at 8 o'clock with easy money. Don't miss it. We'll be back in just a moment. Easy peasy. Easy as pie. Easier than a dog licking his dish. It's MMR's Easy Money Contest. Your shot at $1,000 cash five times every weekday. Tune in at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. As well as 1, 4, and 6 p.m. to hear that hour's winning keyword. It's also easy to enter. It's the first thing on the MMR app. Top of the page at WMMR.com. Or use the special contest short code. 45911. One random entry wins a thousand bucks in cash every time. MMR's Easy Money. Five times every weekday. At 8 a.m., 11 a.m., 1 p.m., 4 p.m., and 6 p.m. Sponsored by Meineke. Total car care since 1972. Complete contest rules are available at WMMR.com. Did you guys see the? There's it's kind of a viral video that's yep. making the rounds of uh, this uh, woman who's on the Family Feud, and the, the host goes, "Name uh, Popeye's favorite food." She hits a button. She goes, "Chicken." <laughs> and did you see this? Yes, yeah. I did. Yeah, it's, and the result. I yeah. did uh-huh. enjoy it. It's very very funny. So uh, <laughs> this this happened in Canada. It's the Canadian version of Family Feud. Uh, the woman's name is Eve Dubois. <laughs> And apparently, uh, Popeyes has uh, tweeted to her saying that they loved her and they are gonna <laughs> they're gonna give her ten thousand dollars worth of food. Wow! From Popeyes, Damn. Well, there's a nice promotion. So I thought that was uh, that was kind of fun that they decided to do that. Chicken, uh, <laughs> yes, um, and she's you know she's the classic ditzy sort of looking person. But uh, do they even have feuds in Canada? 
Is it, uh, would it be family just gentle just, disagreement? Just, yeah. Disagreement. Yeah. 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 Um, family gentle disagreement. Uh-huh. I strongly disagree with yeah. you. <laughs> it wasn't until this very conversation that I put two and two together that Popeye's chicken. Because I just thought she was just stupid because everybody loves chicken. <laughs> All right. Wait, maybe you, maybe you'll get ten thousand yeah. dollars of Popeye's, Popeye's favorite food, food yeah. is spinach. That's yes. the number yeah. one answer. Right. Okay, because she starts dancing yeah. like she got it right away, and oh, yeah. she gets she was it wrong. Popeye's chicken. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. immediately what she thought. So you didn't? Uh, no, I didn't, didn't I, pick up on that. No, I didn't even so pick up on just, that. Wow, she's really stupid. Yeah. Okay. I mean, she is, but <laughs> yeah, but Popeye's chicken. She was <laughs> Popeye's chicken. That. She's probably. She doesn't remember Popeye, you know, and the, the yeah. cartoon and all of that. It's <laughs> aged out quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. When's the last time Popeye has been used for any sort of ad <laughs> campaign yeah, or anything? Yeah, it's a while. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever had their chicken, the Popeye's chicken. It's good. It's, it? good. it's good. It's yeah. good, yeah. I mean, there was so much made about the sandwich that came out last year that you couldn't get, and uh, I was intrigued by it, but I've just never gone out of my way to find Is one. Is there still one right up here on City Avenue? I don't know. There, there used to be. There, well, so it's right on like Haverford and and uh, and City Avenue. Okay. I don't know if it's Township Line at that point, um, but there is one down there. Yeah, there was one down. I remember passing it. Yeah, when <clears throat> this whole thing made the headlines, you know, my children were very intrigued by it all. So I I I have one right near my house. So when the chicken sandwiches came back, I went. It's good. Okay. I, I, in, Popeye's in, chicken is very good. Yeah. I, 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 it's actually the regular chicken I, yeah. I really enjoy. I, I haven't had the sandwich. It's good. It's uh, well uh, worth it, you'd say? I would say. How does it stack up against Chick-fil-A's? Chick-fil-A's number one. I like. I love Chick-fil-A. Popeye's number two, and uh, Wendy's is number three. Yeah. But it's all very, very close. All right. Yeah. Okay. We can all get all right. along. Yeah, we can yeah. all get along. Yeah, exactly. But they uh, they decided to give her $10,000 worth of food. I thought mm-hmm. that, was, that was kind of fun. And a good yes, idea. yeah. You know, I have a variety of stories, and oh. I would do the connoisseur. I have, like, three food-related things. But, but there's then, not enough to fuel it, but right? But that's it. And so. you don't want to be dishonest with the no, listeners. No, I don't want to do that, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to just flip things all of a no. sudden. But I did see this, and I thought it was interesting. Uh, Cheetos has given a name to the cheesy residue left on your fingers when you eat uh, the Cheetos. Uh, so they, they have a name for it now. And it is? Cheetle. Cheetle? Like Don Cheetle. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah, the official term is called Cheetle. I'd call it Chisholm. <laughs> right, Preston? Yeah. Much better. Yeah, yeah. what's that on your face? Chisholm. <laughs> you know, from eating cheese doodles. I'm sorry, I misheard you. Uh, to celebrate the newly coined... Peter North is the spokesman. Oh, <laughs> Just sitting here watching TV. <laughs> To celebrate the new coin term, Cheetos is rolling out a brand new product just uh, covered in Cheetle. Uh, you know, I'm a hers uh, cheese puff guy, but they all generate residue of some sort. There's something, no matter how hard you try to eat them and mitigate that dust, it, it doesn't work. Yes. It, it doesn't work. I've even tried to eat uh, eat them sans drink. It it doesn't matter. It will still get on, you know, because I figure, okay, I'm I'm touching a glass of water. Or there's whatever. Something's right. happening, mm-hmm. and it's making my fingers moist in yeah. some way. There's no way to fight it. Well, I mean, some people have a real aversion to licking your fingers clean. Um, here's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> to licking the, the chism off your fingers? Yeah. Here's the deal. I see you licking your fingers from time to time. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, but what's the But di- after he picks his nose. What's the difference? You're an adult. Okay. What's the difference between you're using your fingers to eat it to begin with? So if your fingers are dirty, then you shouldn't be eat using them to eat 
to begin with. Just go wash them. But why? It tastes so good. Are you? <laughs> I got it. It's like, it tastes it's like so the best part. Here's, here's something that I like to do, Casey, because yeah. I'm with you. Uh, when eating French fries with my fingers and then having a, a fast food sandwich in particular, I will leave the residue of the French fries, the salt and the grease, you'll love it, Kathy, on my on my fingers. God, I hate you. Because, because then I can apply that to the bun, which I am then putting in my mouth. So I have yeah. upped the <laughs> oh bun standard God. by putting the salt and the grease from the French fries onto the bun, and <sighs> my yeah. sandwich is now better. I would not peg you as the kind of person who would do that, but uh, yeah, I, I, I could see that that would accentuate the, the taste. You lick, I don't, I, you lick your fingers? I don't think so. No, I think I wiped you, that's them. what I mean. It's like etiquette. It's like you were taught not to do that. At a table, or you would not lick your fingers, you know, I think that's something. But but if Casey right. does it in private, he has a special room really? where he Really? Is goes it in and private? Licks. It might depend on what you're eating. Chicken wings are really, really messy. Ribs. Uh, ribs. Um, you know, a crab. Like if you had a crab bake yeah. and you're cracking all those open and you get that stuff all over your hands, I could see licking your fingers not necessarily being. But part of it also might be, Kathy, that you're touching other things as well. You know what I mean? So if you're sticking your fingers in your mouth and you touch other things, you, you don't want that happening, right? Uh, of course not. You mean like germ-wise for me? Yeah. Is that oh what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, yeah, but more so that. I think etiquette. Okay, that's right. what I. I'm think. like a surgeon when I have this. St- I, I have to get to the uh, sink, wash my hands. I can't. Yeah. I can't stand that. Well, case. that you know I mean, what? I'm, I'm with you on that. Like yeah. anything, if you, any, if I even if I just eat a sandwich, I have to, <laughs> when I'm finished, I have to go wash my hands. If it smells like the food, um, get it out of here. I mean, so Casey, it's not caviar. You're you're eating freaking Doritos and Cheetos. <laughs> where, where, who cares about etiquette? Yeah, no, at that I, point? I guess maybe that's not the correct word, but that's sort of what I'm. Thinking. It's just not polite. I'm not in the presence of the queen, you know, like, and and also there are some like weird etiquette things that, um, I mean, if you look at it, it's, it, it, um, sure, on, on paper it looks okay, but <laughs> at the same time. Give us an example. Um, when you have to use like tongs to grab something, right? Okay. Um, so you're just putting your germs no, on the tongs. No. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you meant like you'll go, will you go in? Like if it's like a chicken finger, you'll go in and just touch that chicken finger. It's with like, your... it's like pickups. Casey's right? making no. a good yeah. point though, no. which is, and it's a number of the things that we do. We're <laughs> like, uh, you know, I've seen people at delis, for example, and they'll have the, the they'll have the plastic, you know, the, the, uh, the gloves. gloves on for right. the, you know, they're working behind the counter, and then they'll go over to the register and pull money out. Yeah, it's it's like, well, you've just now negated here. Let me the whole wait. purpose of having Casey, that. Yeah. So tongs for like you know a big basket of rolls or something like that. Just I'm just going to grab the one that's right on top. My hand's oh, not yeah. going to touch anything else uh-huh. at all. You're, the tongs are there. Yes. For a reason. <laughs> yeah, but what is that reason <laughs> to use them? Yeah, yeah, I know. But what's the reason to use them? So that you don't get your germs all over everything. But what if you don't touch anything besides nah. the? See, you're well, you're, you're going to go in. You're going to try to not touch But here's the thing, Your finger's going to touch another one. No, they're not. Your germs are now on the tongs. Yes, that's my point. Your germs are now on the tongs. Preston's methodology is actually more respectful to other people because... The tongs no, that's are now ho- are holding the germs. <laughs> there are everyone. hundreds of germs now on the tongs. God, I hate every I single know. one of you. Now. You know what? You know what I hate yeah. using. You know what I hate using because I think it's stupid. Uh, if I'm not going to touch anything else besides what I am choosing to eat, uh-huh. is when you go into like a donut rack or or a bagel rack or something like the that. Paper? You have to grab that little tissue paper, <laughs> stupid thing, that little hand condom. And go in and grab that. When you're not going to touch anything else, I want the one right on top right there. I've, I'm almost 52 years old. I'm pretty good with my hands. And I can reach in and grab something without touching something Do you know why I'll use really those? Hard. I'll use those only if I'm grabbing something that's glazed. 
Yeah, you don't want to get it on your fingers. Why? Why? You just you go. Lick it off? <laughs> <laughs> Casey, by the way, speaking of fingers licking off, the the Dumb and Dumber sequel. Oh my god, the, the Dumb and Dumber two. I didn't see oh, it. Oh, dude, go go into another room and look up. They're, they're eating like stink. Cheetos or something yeah. like that. It's okay. a, I don't know if it's Harry or Lloyd, but anyway, he's got the stuff all over his fingers. Instead of licking it himself, he starts sticking it every single finger in Harry's mouth. But this is also right after awesome. they stuck their hands oh, in God. their butts. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. Yes. It's hilarious. That movie was a little uneven, but that part was, uh, yeah, that that was that good. Yeah, that was good. Parts. Uh, so, all right, so licking fingers, acceptable. You feel. You feel it's a little outrageous. Well, for the same reason, I wouldn't grab uh, a chicken finger out of a, a chafing dish if there were a whole bunch of people around. I'm not going to lick my fingers in front of a, a bunch. You guys are my freaking family, all right? So, like, please just let me do the things that I want to do in the comfort of my own home here's in front of you guys. My, here's like, my consideration, yeah. though. If you take a wing out of the chafing dish with your fingers and then you lick your fingers and then you reach back into Can't the do ch- that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, All right. All right. We're we're sort of in simpatico here. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, and and to the point, a but, pair uh, of tongs that's being touched by multiple people is more likely to retain germs. Correct. I, I, now, when you when you take soup out of a tureen, Preston, you you just cup your hand. Yeah, I, yeah. Do, I, know. Yeah. I, don't, yeah, I thought you used a straw, Steve. <laughs> no, I just I cup my hand. Okay. Like and, like leaning over into a into a creek to drink water. And here's a here's a text of somebody who's clearly not hearing what I'm saying. It says, Preston, we don't need your disgusting hands contaminating everyone's food. Exactly. Did you not hear the part where I said I'm not touching anyone's food, Got but it. my own. <laughs> my own. By the way, I, by the way, the most the most strident uh, defenders of of the tongs, and I'm not, I'll use them. I'm not I'm not ridiculous. But however, if there's a big bowl of muffins. And there's a muffin on top that I want. Just grab it. I grab it. I, I make sure I'm not touching anything. Is it tongue? Tongues? What is it? Yeah, with the t- tongues. With tongues. Yeah, I, uh, I will. I will grab it uh, and just remove it. I haven't touched any of the other. Done food. deal. What right. I'm not going to judge. Here's you. the difference, then, and let me just defend your point of view, Preston. <laughs> oh, yeah. So here's the tongue covered in everyone else's hand juices, and now you're going to move that over to the basket of muffins. Yeah, I know. You're just making excuses. But the concern is, I guess you don't put the tongs in your mouth unless that's your thing. Uh, but you're, you're going to put the food. At, but the, you the, don't. These hypersensitive, over the top, uh, thinking that if I get within a certain amount of inches, even though don't, I don't actually touch your food, I've somehow contaminated well, the it. The germs jumped off your hands. I guess so. Well, uh, look at all the all yeah. the all the, um, uh, all the perceptions that we have. We found out that the average toilet is uh, has less germs than the kitchen counter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kathy. Uh, so you're at you're at the dinner with your family. Your family, big family. 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 Okay. Gary's there and all. And uh, and let's pretend that you eat bread. Right. Uh, so they pass the bread bowl around. Um, do you grab it with your hand or do you take a fork out and you, you fork the bread? No, or... I'm not going to take a fork I, out. I like to fork warm bread. Uh... <laughs> Is that a joke? It was a, it was a, okay. it was a play on words. That, was a, that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. About how you'd like to have sex with warm bread. Yeah. yeah. I didn't say I said I'd like to fork it. Uh, so will you grab it with your hand or will you grab it with a fork? No, I'll grab it with my hand. Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on, Marissa. Uh, yeah, but if there's a whole loaf in the basket and somebody picks up the loaf with their hand, then I won't eat it. Tears oh. off the end piece <laughs> and puts the loaf back, I won't eat it either. Then I won't eat it. No. Right, so you, and if you go, how are you supposed to do that, though? If you're at a large table where it's family style or a wedding or something where there's a lot of different people, they will come around with tongs with the bread. Yeah. You know what makes me feel Use a little them. bit uneasy is uh, pizza. 
So when you go to take your piece of pizza yeah. and the crust isn't like fully cut and you have to like touch the other piece that you're not going to eat and Shake you kind of have to pull it apart. I don't, You've done that, I'm sure, right, so Kathy? Gross. What, you, you, I, sh- I like have to shake it, and then the cheese falls off. But I mean, it's annoying. will you not grab a li- little bit of the piece adjacent Here? And, and tear no. it off? Like when you get breakfast pizza, no. Okay, I won't. I'll My shake it, God, or I'll get a knife. So paranoid. I'm just polite. <laughs> you're so paranoid. I'm not going to touch that, and, and who knows? At my house, yes. Okay. With my son, of course, I'm going to touch both pieces. Give me something over there that you're touching. I'll eat it. Just <laughs> give put, it to me. Here, I'll I show put, you. I Nothing's going to happen. Here, give me I that. I put this in my mouth this morning. Here, this is Kathy's oh old God, coffee stir. Oh, my God. I going to do it. It's like we made We're out. a heart attack. Kathy, <laughs> you imagine you come to work with Ebola tomorrow Casey, morning? Casey, just lick the one I, I just licked. That is disgusting. At least my spit was dried. All right. want to lick it? And let's put it in your butt and give it to Nick. There you go. All right. And there you go. Listen, wait. Come on. We have a lesson to prove here. I want to tell you a quick story. So, um, <laughs> and then Nick, you wash it and then bring it to me and I'll put it in my mouth. Okay. <laughs> no, it's happened a couple of times. Um, and I think actually Nick, I think, I think it was here one time. Um, he asked for a sip of my water and I don't want to be rude and say no. So I, he sipped it. And then when I get it back, I will nonchalantly while we're hopefully when no one's looking, I go like this and I wipe the top of it like with my, my shirt. I think there's, just, I, I, I probably sit somewhere in between a lot of this because I think it's okay to clean you. When something uh, has been directly on someone's mouth, you know, and you, and you and we're now in cold season, at least you want to take a little bit of a precaution, right? I don't know. I'm You're fine just with that. I don't care what the germs season in, it is. Kathy. I don't know. When you leave the studio, I rub my balls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just as a joke. Just as a joke. Yeah. Uh, let They're me clean. go to some calls here. I'm going to go to David. Hi, David. You're on the air. Good morning. Yo. Good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, buddy? All right, so look, my wife has a terrible problem, dude. Every time she sneezes, she cups her hand and sneezes in the palm of her hand. Right. And I always tell her to stop doing that. She refused to do it. And as she's shaking hands, I know what just happened, but they don't. Yeah. You, listen, yeah. you, you got to take that. No, you're right. Right, you person? Could, you could be sick. I, yeah. I Absolutely. Yeah. I, I sneeze into the elbow or into the, you know, right. my, my jacket or Or into Nick's balls. Or something <laughs> like that. I, I never sneeze into the hand because. I'll always sneeze into the back of somebody's pants. I'll pull them out like I'm giving them a wedgie. <laughs> sneeze, <laughs> down into, <laughs> sneeze down into their butt. Why is there oh, yeah. snot on my ass? <laughs> yeah, David, does she know about sneezing into the, you know, the, the crook of her? arm here yes. or anything? Yeah. Yes, she does. And, I, and I've tried to tell her many times and, you know, she keep on doing it in the palm of her hand and public and everything. Hmm. Okay. So it's just kind of weird, dude. Yeah, I guess no, so. I, the, 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 Thanks, David. It's so funny. I, 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 I'm a big fan of, of, of proper etiquette and, you know, not double dipping and things of that nature. Sure. I, I see people who are very flagrant at, uh, <laughs> but there's also... I believe in some ways, like what you say, for example, uh, you know, uh, uh, because also I see tongs at a, a buffet being used for multiple things. And you don't know, sometimes there's not a tong there. And it's like, what? Or there's no, there's nothing to get the food out. You know, what What are you supposed to do? Yeah. Pick Nick it Mur- out with your teeth? Nick Murphy just sent a text over. He said, a reason to watch the Daily Rush of this segment is seeing Casey actively eating and giving etiquette tips. <laughs> <laughs> They're not Tips. I'm just saying, lighten up, man. This will be later on. We'll let you know when it's ready. I mean, uh, listen, if you guys want to take a lesson here, I have legit taken, I've been gainfully employed after graduation for 22 plus years. I have taken like a legit four sick days, five sick days in 22 years. I had cancer and I missed two days. <laughs> right? yeah. 
I had MRSA, and I didn't miss anything. I'm just, I'm so just I'm saying. just saying, maybe you need to uh, mm-hmm. rub some balls on your cutlery. No, thank then. you. Wait, wait, Casey, no, what, thank you. What legit skeeves you out? Like any of these things uh, in this universe that something you see somebody do something like that, and you're like, oh my god, it, it, like it gives you the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> okay, this is going to sound weird and a little bit uh, hypocritical. Uh, no, I, I can't stand people eating their boogers. I can't stand watching okay. somebody yeah. pick their nose and eat it. Yeah. So for yeah. me, and we've talked about this, uh, mm-hmm. that that you're in the realm. I don't know. I can watch, you know, I can watch cannibal Holocaust movies. I can watch people being blown to bits. Whatever. The viscera doesn't bother me. Snot bothers the hell out of me. I can't. Uh, like, like that mucus, the talking mucus, mucus uh, in the yeah. Mucinex ad? Yeah. Oh my um, God! Sex and food don't mix with me. Um, Does it I, gross you out? Uh, for some reason, and it's not like I was, you know, actively watching adult movies while I was like eating. But I no, just... when she moves her head, the nachos <laughs> fall off. <laughs> Hold still! <laughs> I'll move. I will move. You, you stay, stay still. That one had chicken on it. <laughs> oh, um, I don't know why. A... But I found that out just one of the, oh, you know what? I don't like these two things together. Okay. I don't like that. Uh, Wait, somebody says, how about refilling their water bottle and inserting the water cooler spout within the used water bottle? So we used to have a a water cooler here, and I used to refill my water bottle. We still have it. Uh, yeah, but I don't use it anymore um, because Michelle Tagey came to me one time when she worked here, and she goes, you know that Lucy drinks from that water, right? And I was like... The, uh, oh, God, dog? Pierre's, Pierre's dog. dog. Oh, my God, Pierre's so really? When Lucy forever. was alive. Yeah. Oh. So since, yep. So, nope, I haven't so used it my, since. At my home, I use, I'll just rack it and hold it against that. I'm fine. It's my home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So three in, generations. In a public place, I, I hold it. Oh. oh. I've never once thought about Below, that. Yeah, yeah, I do it every day here. I yeah, never no. once thought about that. So it's never bothered me. A salesperson that hasn't worked here for a decade and yeah. a dog that's been dead yeah. for a decade yeah. still makes you yeah. not drink out of that Wait, thing. I got one more for you. So I once saw uh, a chef in, in, in a kitchen. It was a breakfast restaurant. Um, <laughs> and she she picked up... The, the eggs were already cracked in like a big... Um, you know, a big uh, pitcher. She just dunked her her hand in there. She pulled out the egg and she tossed it on the grill. And Ew! I was like, "That's it, never returning." They've sold the they've sold the restaurant, renamed it. I still won't go there. Oh New owners, I won't, I won't go. We, we, you have I mental can. problems. It is. Yeah, it is don't a say where. Issue. No, I'm not going to say where. We happen to be witness to a okay, a fascinating way. Yeah. Of making nachos. Yeah, yeah. case I'll never eat there again. I will not. Yeah, no. ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, and I told someone that. that story, and my my friend, and she goes, oh, "We ate those nachos." Before we went somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't ever go to an, a, into a kitchen of a restaurant. That yeah, seriously, it'll ruin it for you. It ruins yeah. the illusion. It's, <laughs> that it's but clean. it's happening in 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 all kitchens. Not all that everything time. is full on disgusting, but there's just things that you wouldn't expect, like you know, the cooking of a steak or something that, and actually touching the the meat to make sure that it's uh, I've you know to feel its firmness. <laughs> you heard the clip. That's what I'm I'm talking about in that clip. Let me go to some other calls <laughs> because I have uh, Benjamin. Who teaches dinner etiquette at a university? Hi, Benjamin. Well, You're on the air. That's, that's not quite right. I teach the I teach the uh, medicinal chemistry of any effective antiviral agent. Oh, all right. Uh, oh. That's uh, not the same as, that is not as the same dinner all. etiquette. Dinner that's okay. Etiquette. Chemistry. Okay. I have terrible etiquette. Sadly, <laughs> yes. Um, I, I hate to tell you this, but there are germs all over everything all the time. Fully yes. aware of that, nothing, which is why I wash my hands. You can do about it. Yep. Well, sure, there is. You can. 
Well, let me let me let me ask Benjamin. So you wash your hands till they're raw. Raw, it will not change a damn thing. Benjamin, that's no. what I wanted you to say. Is that even if you wash, you've still got germs. No, I think that Doctor yeah, Mike would disagree with now. that. That is one of the things that Doctor Mike says to do, especially throughout flu season. Well, I'm sure, Benjamin. Well, that's because you want to, you want to make sure you minimize your contact with things of infectious agents. Yeah, you know, but that doesn't change the fact that there are infectious agents on your hands at all times. Let me ask you, you something then. Around. Let me let me ask you yeah. if there's a case where oh, you're at a buffet and there are tongs and there are rolls. Uh, and I would you use the tongs. So if you use the tongs, don't germs accumulate on the tongs on from the, the multiple tongs. uses? Okay. Exactly. Yes. You are you are changing absolutely nothing in terms of germ exposure by using the tongs because everybody's walking up and grabbing the tongs. To me, I liken that to a remote in a hotel room. Everyone's you right? It's the same concept. Yeah, everyone's everyone's touching it and you know, so so you have a bunch of people who have an infectious disease, such as um, you know, Leprosy. the flu, let's say. You have a bunch of people in the room who have the flu. You definitely want to wash your hands then because you're minimizing the level of, of viral contaminants that are on there. Right. But in the general populace, you know, just walking around every day, statistically speaking, the odds of you being near somebody who's going to have an infectious disease, you know, that you're going to catch right at that moment, not huge. All now, right. you know, you definitely should wash your hands. Yeah, but we're not talking about we live with Ebola or something like that. You know, most of the things we have here are very benign. No, so okay, so, so there, there's there's a little bit of uh, hypocrisy sometimes in the way people conduct their their affairs. Correct? As there's far a lot as, of hypocrisy right. in the way people conduct their affairs, because again, we we live. Many of these germs have a purpose and serve a, a greater cause, you know, than just than just infecting people. We we have them in our all throughout our sorry our GI tract. And they serve a beneficial purpose, you know, that we... That we those are good for. germs. Yeah. All right. Okay, germs. all right. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to get MRSA in your in your wounds, of course. You had MRSA, Preston, right? What'd you yeah. have? Yeah. yeah, it was MRSA. It, it was a very painful. Absolutely. Yeah, and stop mm-hmm. using your tongues to pick up food, and we'll be fine. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Benjamin. Stop using it. the tongues. I've used this story on the air before, but I remember one time a girlfriend had spent the night and, and uh, didn't have a toothbrush. I'm like, well, you can just use mine. She's like, ew, no. And I go... Do you remember what was in your mouth last night? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is okay. The toothbrush is way better. <laughs> yeah. Just wash it off. <laughs> you know, I mean. What was in her mouth did, the night before? Uh, we had, uh, we'd eaten chicken. Oh, yeah. 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 Nachos. I like yeah. Popeye. Nachos. Yeah. <laughs> Penis chicken. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there were like three jokes right there. Uh, <laughs> let me see here. Um... Okay, all right, yeah, let me go let me go to this. I'm gonna go to Mike. Hey Mike, good morning. Hey pal, how's it going? Hey, what's up, bud? Oh, Dude, so I was a chef for a long time in southwest Florida. Uh, I've seen a lot of horrible things. I'll just give you one. <laughs> I walk I walk into the restaurant one day and you know, when you mix up like big batches of coleslaw or whatever, it's usually done in a big five gallon bucket. Yeah. Dude is mixing it with his arm. Like, he's elbow deep. <laughs> oh, my God. right? And he's scraping off of his arm whatever was stuck to it. Oh, oh you don't want to waste it. Into the bucket. Oh, my God. I guess the same Listen, there's hair on your arm. <laughs> like a big hairy dude. <laughs> so, Mike. If, wow. it, it, would you would you say that's probably fairly normal stuff as gross going on in 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 places you've seen or worked at? You know, and it's always been in places where like I just started at because I'd always nip stuff like that in the bud. But yeah, dude, I've seen some some horrible horrible things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm 
Well, it's again, Thanks, you better don't ask, don't tell. Just enjoy yeah. your meal <laughs> yeah. and pick the arm hair out of your coleslaw. <laughs> yeah, if oh it's, my God. Yeah. If it's in a place you love and you enjoy the food, just stay out of the kitchen. It's probably a good idea. Hang on, I'm going to go to Bud. Here's somebody who agrees with you, Kathy. Hi, Bud. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, how you doing this morning? Good. What's up, Bud? Good. Hey, you know when you uh, with the five second rule, like touching tongs as opposed to touching something like a piece of shrimp or something, a lot less germs get absorbed onto a hard, clean surface than onto a soft food. I agree with uh, Kathy that licking your fingers is disgusting. <laughs> I, I, I'm. So watching someone do that is gross to you. I think that's gross. Oh, yeah. I, watching it is, is gross. Yeah, I, I agree I with that. I don't want to lick your fingers. I want to lick my fingers. <laughs> no, no. I, well, I agree. But my, in my family, we, we sort of have this debate at the kitchen table sometimes. And being a chef, I'm, I'm just like, you're licking your fingers. Fine. You're still not avoiding touching other stuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> Does it, is it so much that it can, uh, Kathy, and I want to ask you yeah. this too, maybe Bud as well, will it make you lose your appetite if you saw someone uh, licking their fingers at the table? Uh, oh, no. No? Okay. No. It's a, it, right, it, it, could, it could, if it was Casey, yeah. <laughs> you, so here's my little pe- here's my little food thing that I can't stand. <laughs> at, at the bottom of a bag of chips, when it becomes chip shrapnel, yeah. I don't like... Um, having the way you have to eat the shrapnel and, and like you know, put, in other words, with you all dump your fingers, the bag in, right? I dump it into a new bag. Oh, into a new oh, bag. I, I thought you meant in I, your mouth. Because I, no, I want the full. I I like the full intact chip, so I can hold the chip and put it into my mouth. <laughs> then why not just throw away those? I know. Yeah, no, you just, <laughs> know. You just I know. And my wife says the same thing, and you're both right. Yeah. <laughs> You just All press right, your man. finger yeah, yeah. into it, and then it sticks to the end of your finger, and then you lick it off. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> yeah, would you have all those crumbs and they're yeah. all you're licking it off? It's fine. <laughs> no, I know I'm an idiot. It's fine. <laughs> all right, interesting. Well, uh, yeah, uh, uh, and we need to find the the video of the <laughs> Dumb and Dumber. He's licking his fingers. At you, I gotta see it. It's so good. All right, all right. Anyhow, well, thanks for sharing those stories. I want to take a break because I want to be on time with our Easy Money Contest. Yeah. So we have $1,000 your shot to win it, and we'll take a break and come back in a second with that as well as the bizarre file, so don't miss that. And then uh, on top of that, it's Tattoos Day today, so it's a chance for you to win a Preston Steve tattoo. Text the word tattoo to 39333. You just might win from world-famous Philadelphia Eddie's Tattoo. And don't forget that the tattoo convention is this weekend. At the Pennsylvania Convention Center, you can go to VillainArts.com for information on the tickets. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. 93.3 WMMR. Easy money. Come and get it. Come and get it thousand dollars and it's appropriate that we're using this word as our keyword for the hour it's dollar d-o-l-l-a-r and you have until 8 15 to enter it via text to the special contest short code number which is four five nine one one or do it this way you will be entered for ten thousand dollar grand prize you can do it through the mmr mobile app or the contest page at wmmr.com to be eligible for that grand prize so You'll get a call if you're randomly selected in this Beasley Nationwide contest and you win a thousand bucks. Complete contest rules are available at WMMR.com. Again, the word is dollar, D O L L A R. 
Good luck from Meineke and MMR. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Files. Brought to you by Red Robin. Red Robin Catering has a delicious range of gourmet burgers, wings, sandwiches, wraps, salads, drinks, desserts, and kids' options for your next party. Order today at order.redrobinpa.com. Red Robin, yum. I have curated an interesting selection of stories Ooh, today. Oh, can't wait. Yeah, they have. A, it's a variety of things we're going to go through. So... Michael Lee and Angela Pang can hardly wait for the birth of their first child, even if it results in them spending time behind bars. The husband and wife from Eagle Mountain, Utah, are first cousins. Ooh. Yeah. Pang's father is the older brother of Lee's mother. Oh, okay, boy. so so Pang is uh, Angela. Hey guys, and Michael. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so since the baby, something to tell you. Since the baby's existence proves they had sex, they could face up to ten thousand dollars in fines and five years in prison because intercourse between cousins is illegal in their home state due to the long-held fear of birth defects. Well, I can tell you firsthand, this isn't the only time it's happened. Uh, by the way, according to the 2018 Columbia University study, the chances of cousins having a genetic disorder is four to seven percent, compared to three to four percent for non-related couples. It's pretty nominal. So it's not as staggering as no. you might believe. Uh, but the 38-year-old parents to be set to appear in an upcoming episode of the Wii TV series Extreme Love, and they are confident that their little boy, due May 22nd, will be delivered safely and in good health following tests to rule out any disability. Uh, according to Pank, she said, we had our due diligence because everyone was saying to us, no, don't do that. It's too risky. It's irresponsible. She's five months pregnant, by the way. She said, so we did get genetic testing and found out that it's okay for us to parent together. Besides, your brother's much hotter. The couple stick to the mind-your-own-business defense when it comes to their marriage. She said, I feel the same way about gay marriage, even though I'm not gay. Uh, they also point out that unions between cousins are legal in more than half of U.S. states, including New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, California, and Colorado. And Pennsylvania? Uh, I'm not sure about Pennsylvania. I didn't check. That's uh, big. Canada and Europe also allow first cousins to wed, but it's still a little taboo in some I don't know. states. Ma- maybe Preston, leave the house when you want a date. Yeah, yeah. right. A tortoise whose rampant sex life may have single-handedly saved his entire species from extinction, has retired from his playboy lifestyle, returning to the wild with his mission accomplished. I am so goddamn tired. Uh, Diego is his name. His unstoppable libido was credited as a major reason for the survival of his fellow giant tortoises on Espanola, part of the Galapagos Islands, after being shipped over from the San Diego Zoo as part of a breeding program. When he started his campaign of promiscuity, there were just two males. There were just two males and 12 females of his species alive on the island. Wow. But the desirable shell dweller had so much sex, he helped boost the population to over 2,000. That's legitimate turtle sex you're hearing right here. Yep. It is. The Galapagos National Park Service believe the 100-year-old tortoise is the patriarch of around 40% of that 2,000. That's staggering. He's the Genghis Khan of his uh, totally. species. A total of 15 tortoises took part in the breeding program to boost the island's population. How many just watched? But none played as big a role as Diego, but he is done <gasps> with his philandering. You don't necessarily think of them as being very uh, promiscuous. Apparently they are. Uh, how about this guy? A Florida man has been arrested after he allegedly climbed a traffic light on a busy intersection and began defecating oh. on cars passing underneath. Oh, oh my God. Florida man. 
Florida man. I I despise and applaud him simultaneously. I agree, Steve. Roy Stern was arrested by Miami police after numerous calls about a man hanging from a traffic light and crapping on cars. Police Welcome and, to Florida. Police and fire department had to bring Roy down via ladder, and according to authorities, Roy was high on crystal meth and marijuana at the time. I think I'd, I'd be, you know, it's it's a hard thing. Like pee shy, poop shy. Yeah, you're hanging over active traffic. You're afraid of heights. Afraid of heights. Yeah, who knows? But he pulled it off, old Roy. Were we talking solid or? Uh, they didn't indicate. Okay. But uh, well, we, that would really round out the story. Yeah. Another Florida man admitted to intentionally hitting this. Okay, this is disturbing. This is just a. All right. This is an evil human being. Uh, this guy admitted in, to intentionally hitting a 75 year old Vietnam veteran because he was reportedly looking for someone to run over so he could see what it's like to kill. Oh, and he did kill this guy. Oh my God. Justin Pennell was arrested. Uh, he after he called 911 and told dispatchers that he fatally hit a man on purpose. He's 21 years old. He was running errands when he spotted the victim walking along the side of the road. He initially drove past the older man before pulling a U-turn and aiming his vehicle directly at the victim. The man desperately scrambled to get out of the way, but he was hit and died at the scene. While at the scene and in later interviews, Pinnell confessed to deputies that he laughed at the fear he saw on the victim's face. So this is a this is a psychotic Just, individual. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it was later revealed that Pinnell had thoughts of killing someone for months. He had already planned how he would do it. He had left his home. Uh, with the express intent of finding someone to kill with his vehicle. He was charged with first-degree murder, being held without bond. Uh, The uh, sheriff's office uh, said that they were stunned by the brazen crime. Uh, The act was not random, but the victim was a random victim. Uh, Pinnell... 21, you said? Yeah, only appears uh, two times in the department's records, including once when he was classified as a runaway. So it wasn't, you know, a legal problem leading up to that. The investigation into the incident is ongoing. His deputies are still interviewing his family, friends, and are crafting search warrants. That's just messed up. All right, so we need to move on to something a little lighter than that. Please. A New Jersey woman says she opened her newly delivered Amazon package to a stinky, soiled surprise. Nestle Sales from Jersey City ordered diapers this week from Amazon.com's warehouse section, a section where used or refurbished items are sold at a discounted price. Opening the package, Sales said she was surprised to find that the diaper she was about to place on her 19-month-old daughter contained what she described and alleged is smelled like human waste. Well, they were used. She said, I picked up the diapers, and it was a little bit heavy. I was half asleep. The lights were off, and at that point, I turned on the lights, and that's when I noticed these diapers are neatly folded, and they are soiled. Wow. I couldn't believe it, she said. Uh, Sales says she immediately disinfected her daughter, wiped her down, and her nursery as well. Uh, The family attempted to reach an Amazon representative later that evening. The response they received, they said, left them disappointed at best. She said they were like, okay, sorry for your inconvenience. We'll give you a refund. I save pretty big on my used medication through Amazon. Oh, that's wherever you got to make ends meet. They just get little vials that say pills. And there you go. That's what I have for you in the bizarre file right now. All right, so you got roughly five minutes left to get in the word dollar for your chance to win a 1000 bucks. Uh, this is our easy money promotion, and you need to text that word to the special contest short code, which is 45911, or you can enter it through WMMR.com or the MMR mobile app. If you do it those two ways, you'll be uh, qualified for the $10,000 grand prize. So get on that now, dollar, D-O-L-L-A-R is the word. We'll be back in just a moment. 
Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. People ask me all the time, what does this mean, I Hate Steven Singer? Well, maybe this is the reason. At my store, we don't play pricing games. We wouldn't treat our friends like that. We only have one price. One place, one price. Come to my store and feel the difference. You'll have fun buying a diamond for somebody you love. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. And our flagship store at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. People ask me all the time, what does this mean, I Hate Steven Singer? Well, maybe this is the reason. At my store, we don't play pricing games. We wouldn't treat our friends like that. We only have one price. One place, one price. Come to my store and feel the difference. You'll have fun buying a diamond for somebody you love. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. And our flagship store at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Saw this news. Bill Weston had uh, uh, emailed all of us here uh, at uh, MMR to let us know that a very important person in WMMR's history had passed away. I personally did not know him, but Jerry Stevens Hmm. was the first program director of WMMR. Oh, no way. Uh, he was 85 years old. He passed away on Friday. Uh, I believe he lived in Chad's Ford. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Jerome Jerry F. Stevens. Um, there's a memorial celebration taking place on Saturday the 18th at Longwood Funeral Home. And uh, it says, well, I don't know, and cremation of Matthew Genero. Is that the name of the place? Anyway, uh, so um, it's in Kennett Square. Um, so I figured we would we would definitely acknowledge that. I mean, yes. you're talking about the guy that that first handled the programming of this radio station. Apparently, he did another tenure as a PD uh, later on. Uh, Michael Tierson, longtime jock here at MMR, much beloved in the uh, for longtime listeners and music director as well, was hired by him, and uh, he later created what was called the fascinating rhythm format for WCAU which was the first disco station in the country. Wow. And then back at MMR for a second stint as, as PD, where, again, uh, he hired Tiersen to, he said, clean up the studio music library and then curate the station's 10th anniversary. I wonder if he and uh, Blavitt ever crossed paths. I mean, it's a they, good question. They I was Philly Radio for so long together. More than likely, right? I was wondering because Jerry's coming in, uh, Blavitt is coming in a little bit later on, and uh, we'll have to ask him about that. But it says here, yeah, he was, uh, his management talents earned him a spot as program director at WMMR from 1970 to 1977. Uh, And he earned recognition by Billboard Magazine as program director of the year for two consecutive years. Uh, So we appreciate his, uh, you know, uh, his tenure here and the work done at MMR, where we call home. You know, it's pretty wild, Preston, at the uh, the fiftieth anniversary party that we had over. It was at the Foundry, I believe, right? Yeah, right. Yep. yeah. And uh, it was um, uh, all these people. The the amount of people who have come through the doors of WMMR, uh, you know, and and uh, people that you recognize. Oh my God, I didn't know they. You know, they worked for MMR at some point. But it's a huge family, so yeah. uh, this takes it all the way back to the absolute beginning. It's something. Yep. So I figured I'd pass along. But we'll ask Geeter about that later yeah. on if, uh, if he knew him at all. 
All right, uh, I have some other stories. I do have some uh, junk drawer items oh! to clean out. Yeah, I figured that. Come on. I mean, I, technically I noticed them, but... You're noticing but you have a junk drawer. I, I, no, I it's, noticed. It's too much to keep track of. It's full. All right, I saw this. So a new study pinpoints the least happy age for us. The, we always have these numbers coming out, mm-hmm. and uh, we've heard... Do we hear the happiest is that in the fifties? Well, there's a, there's a curve. Okay? okay, so there's a there's a U shaped happiness curve over a lifespan. So when are we the least happiest? We are least. What would you guess? Just I'm curious. The Casey, least did happiest? Did you already see it, Casey? Uh, uh, yeah. I okay. Did. All right. Uh, the least happiest. Roughly, you know. I mean, just give me a. a phase in human existence. I'm going to say on average 115. <laughs> That'd be you're pretty worn out at that point. I mean you you you've probably lost most of your motor functions. I'll give you a clue it's There's not a general that. stench. I'll give you a clue it's not that. Okay. You're younger than that when okay. this happens. So What is it, may, I, may I ask is it in the 30s? No. Okay. 40s. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz that's like midlife crisis time. That's kind of it. Yeah. So the least happy age is 47.2 years old. Oh, that seems a little older. Great. Than you than would, I think? would think. Yeah. I, I have some stuff to look forward to. <laughs> Two and a half years yeah. away. You should be really unhappy soon. Uh it says here that yeah, they found there's a happiness curve over a lifespan. It hits its low point at 47.2 years. Uh David Blanchflower wrote in the paper uh, the curve's trajectory holds true in countries where the median wage is high and where it is not and where people tend to live longer and where they don't. One reason huh? one reason for that being uh, the low point is uh, that's around when people's aspirations fade as they learn to accept and adapt to their strengths and weaknesses. I'm no longer going to be a ventriloquist. I guess not. You have to come to terms with that. I just can't talk with my mouth closed. I'm reading a book right now uh, called uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. Yeah, it's a great book. Uh, Nick has read it as well, and it's it was on the bestseller. And it's a self-help thing. I didn't go looking for this. It yes. just popped up. I was looking for another audio book. Actually, I was looking for a Stephen King book, and, and when I went to the, the opening page, the audio thing, I saw that title. I'm like, hmm. Uh. All right, let me check it out. It's fairly short. Hmm. It's, I don't give an F. <laughs> let me see if this pans out. And uh, it's, it's uh, essentially coming to terms... You know, which is this, you know, says you're unhappy when you come to terms that this is where my life is. But the argument in this particular book is the sooner you can do something like that, um, the better it's going to be for you overall. Now, you can agree with this philosophy or not, um, but it but it it kind of it it's essentially it's embracing the negative uh, because life is a series of problems and we get happiness from working this problems out and if you work problems out you're still going to have problems but hopefully they're going to be better problems that you have to deal it's with it's the joy of diminished expectations right kind of, i guess so <laughs> right, yeah. but it's it's an interesting concept and i've i've found a couple little nuggets of wisdom in there i really? don't believe the whole thing right. but there are some things that i'm like okay i can i can use that i think you know i've been adding and subtracting 20 years from my life uh for a little while now cuz i just think 20 years went by pretty quick and 20 years ago, I was in my, you know, mid-20s, early to mid-20s, and like... Hanging out at the sock hops. And all of a sudden, I'm not. And so, and what scares me is that 20 years went by quick, right? And and if I add 20 years, then I'm like approaching senior citizenship, and that's a little bit scary. And the only thing that really has like, um, has given me any sort of hope is hanging out with a couple of my cousins. And because uh, one is 62 years old, the other one is approaching 60 and they are 
so super active, right? And and they're enjoying their lives. Like they're they're in, they're obviously in a different stage of their life. They can operate their own respirators. They can do that, but their children mm. are older. Yeah, uh, you know, their children are independent, and and so. Um, so it doesn't, you know, this, the 60s don't have to no, be. No. Yeah, well, yeah. Steve, I think that yeah. that's when you start becoming happier. Oh, back in that spring, yes. Get into your 60s, from what I understand, mm-hmm. is because things change. You're more financially secure. Hopefully you are. Every day I walk over and look at my funeral plot in the backyard. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that's taken care of. But uh, I, I, thought, I dug it, and it's a perfect rectangle. <laughs> I thought I had read in the past that, that your uh, your happiness uh, rise yeah. rises at that point. I, I've, you know, I, I've been... I've been happy for a long time. You know, there's even with little distractions. I'm always I've always been a glass half full kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that takes a few hits, but uh, you know, at the end of it, I've I had lessons early on in life about seeing people deal with some heavy stuff and they managed to, you know, keep a smile doesn't mean you you know, you're 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 inferior if you can't do that. That's yeah. not the case at all. Everyone handles everything in their own way. But I could see that. I think there's a point in which when you're comfortable when you reach a comfortability with yourself, that's when you're going to be the, the happiest. And it does, as you talk about, like a midlife crisis, you know, what am I going to do? Uh, oh, I guess this didn't pan out. To your point of Preston, just saying, okay, here's what I'm going to be, but I can enjoy this. I can I can work within this context. That's cool. Yeah. You I always, guess you just have to get over that hump. You always got to live with yourself, right? Yep, I mean, yep. uh, to the end of the, your days, so you are going to be you. That's what the nutty the professor taught us, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and Casey, to your point, um, you know, the three words of advice that have been given to me are uh, just keep moving. Mm-hmm. And and no matter what yeah. that means. Did you get that from Dory? Uh, no, that was, uh, that <laughs> was back moving. Just keep moving. Uh, <laughs> no, that was just keep swimming. Swimming. Yeah. Um, but way, sorry. It's, no, it's excellent advice. I mean, just keep swimming is uh, simplistic as well, but there's there's uh, truth to that. So, yeah, I mean, like anything that you can do to just store, sort of stay active is, yeah. uh, is good for you. My uncle lived that, by that philosophy. He'd always said the moment you find yourself getting bored, you get up and do something. Yeah. Uh, if you are at that point in your life. Now, some people have too much to do, and that can be another problem. Yeah. Uh, but problem solving is something you should try to embrace, according to this particular philosophy. So, hey, well, you look at social media all the time, like on Twitter or Instagram, or uh, all of the, uh, you see those posts all the time from, you know, I'm bored. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, bored. Yeah. Do something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, anyhow, 47.2 is apparently the least happy. Age, you want to go to this call? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Let me go to uh, EZ. EZ, hey, you guys rock! Thank Yay! you. What did you want to share with us? So, listen, I'm at the beginning of my curve. I'm about to hit that low part. Okay. And my boyfriend, he's actually twice my age, so he's in that high part of the curve. How old are and you? I'm I'm about to be thirty in February. And he's 60? You got another 17 years before you hit your low point. Yeah, he, well, I mean, I'm I'm at the beginning. I'm all right. Really evaluating what my goals are going to be so I can avoid that curve. And he's 60 or and almost so 60. His, yeah, his ideas are so far different than mine that we have these arguments, but at the same time, they're gross. And for me, at least, it helps me evaluate, like, if I'm going to be at that age, like, you know, that 20-year dump, I, I kind of go to 30-year dump because it's it just, I'm... A little neurotic that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, let me ask you. So you're he's sixty, you're thirty. Do his mm-hmm. hands hurt from high fiving his friends all the time? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> How does that happen? I, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. I am not judging. It's uh, fate. But it's 
trying to just state just conversations open up into you know don't don't knock it until you try it there you go <laughs> yeah but like the, the particulars of how it happened like yeah where'd you meet how'd you um, like a, a regular event. It wasn't like a sketchy, no backdoor websites, nothing like that. Was, was he a mall Santa? <laughs> and, he, and he was not married either. Oh, well, there what you go. Was, what was the event? Was it a party? Was it a, a pro- professional thing? Gala. Yeah, it was like an actual like fancy event. Like, you know, not work, but not, you know, party. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, Did you guys I'm do it party. that night? <laughs> Did you guys do it that night? No, that night, no. I okay. Yeah, I, you know how those 60-year-olds are. Yeah, I know. <laughs> how yeah, long have you guys been together? Almost two years. Okay. okay. If you're happy, nice. good for you. But you, it's funny because you have a special perspective on it's, this. It's, it's limited. It's rare. It's rare, but it happens. Okay. okay. Excellent. Right. Well, thanks for sharing. We appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Interesting. Good so for both of them. 47.2. Least happy age. But that is... Don't a, sign the prenup. Well, listen, it's... <laughs> But this is just a, a study. If you're happy, you're happy, man. Uh, if you're happy and you know it, clap, clap your, your hands. hands. All right, let me see what else I can find in here. Ah. Uh, you, uh-huh. you will like this, Steve. The 1968 Ford Mustang GT, driven by Steve McQueen in the movie Bullet, just became the most valuable Ford Mustang ever sold at auction. Of course. Uh, but do you know the story of it? Because it's interesting. I've heard a couple of different stories. Uh, uh, give me your story. All right. So it sold for $3.7 million, including auction fees, at the annual uh, Mecham Collector Car Auction in Florida. The previous record was held by a 1967 Shelby GT500, which sold for $2.2 million. Uh, but the deal was, is you know, you would think this this car, this this uh, very, very famous vehicle, they considered the greatest you know, car chaser, one of the first really great car chases on cinema. It's and still a mother. the fact that Steve McQueen is one of the all-time, you know, car fanatics yeah. and, and uh, the real deal when it came to racing. Um, this thing sat in, in a garage for decades and just wasn't taken care of. And that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I, uh, so it wasn't, it wasn't this beautifully maintained or maintained Well, that's a crime. At all. Uh, Sean, to pay more than a dime. Sean... Yeah. <laughs> Sean Kiernan, whose late father Robert Kiernan purchased the car for $3,500 in 1974, said it had to do with uh, breaking records. It didn't have to do with the money. He said it had to do with breaking records, and we did that. Uh, they declined to identify the buyer. So um, the the story of the car itself, um, let's see here. Have you, have you guys all seen the movie Bullet? Yeah. Mm-mm. Okay, and it's just, it's just one of the most iconic chases of bullets. It's a, it's a He's a, a, a cop, a detective. And he's going after these these two hitmen, and he happens to see them. They're in, I think, they're in a, a Dodge Charger, and um, he he sees them, and they're 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 bad. They got the leather gloves and the whole thing. And then you know the scene is so paced so well, Preston. He uh, he, you know, they they click the seatbelts on, and they know they're going to get into it. It's in San Francisco, Casey. Though it's, it's yeah, so you going, got the hills. Galore. Oh my god! And then it was. The shot through the windshield. We're watching it now on the screen in the studio. It's just one of the greatest. And McQueen drove some of these stunts. Yep. Uh, he was a really accomplished driver, a big race car guy. Uh, and then they had another guy who was just one of the top stuntmen. But it's just an amazing uh, chase. Still holds up. Part of what made it groundbreaking was the in-car camera. Yeah. Uh, that hadn't been done before and, uh, and the various angles that they did on it. Uh, by the way, they lose eight hubcaps, seven or eight hubcaps on the same car <laughs> during the chase. It's a good thing they had double hubcaps. So yeah. here's the deal. Generally speaking, 1960, a Ford Mustang GT with a 390 cubic inch uh, V8 engine would be worth about $70,000 in good condition. 
Uh, but uh, it, it, it goes on, this, this story in this uh, tells why it is, it's so uh, valuable, but we just kind of covered that a little bit. Um, so just after the movie debuted, the Mustang was sold to a Warner Brothers employee. Um, the Warner Brothers parking permit remains affixed to the windshield to this day, by the way. It had one subsequent owner before Robert Kiernan, uh, re- who had responded to an ad in Roden Track and bought it for $3,500 in 1974, according to his son. It became Kiernan's family. Reg- it became their just regular car. They were driving around in Bullet's car? Shopping trips, taking kids to the school for years. McQueen managed to track the car down, reached out to the family, offering several times to buy it from them. He even offered to buy the family another car to replace it, but Robert Kiernan refused, his son Sean said. He said this was like one of three cars. Uh, he said this wasn't like one of three cars that my dad had. This was it. This was our family car and we needed it he said mcqueen's in california my mom and dad were in jersey so uh, the logistics alone would have been a pain and then beyond that leave my mom without a car so the mustang was uh also just great fun to drive sean said thanks to the engine tuning and suspension modifications made for the movie <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah at mcqueen's request by the way in 1980 the clutch failed and the car was put into a garage it was moved from one garage to another from new jersey to kentucky as the family moved in 2001 robert and sean started working on the car to make it drivable again but had to stop when robert became ill with parkinson's disease he died in 2014 sean returned to the garage to try again he said this time he was able to restore the car to running condition in 2016 he said that he reached out to ford and had the car authentic authenticated by independent mustang experts documentation including the letters from McQueen begging to purchase it along with alterations made to the car for filming such as holes cut into the trunk for power cables backed up the authenticity so it had just sat there I, I'm and surprised. not in good condition it was just used as a regular day to day vehicle. I'm surprised Ford didn't jump all over this earlier so 3.7 million dollars is what it's that a car beautiful car it's an awesome mm. car that 68 fastback is Jeez. one of the most badass vehicles Badass-looking vehicles ever made, yeah. I think. Uh, it's such a cool car. Do you prefer that or the uh, 68 Camaro? That's pretty awesome, too. Mm-hmm. I, I'm um, going to go Mustang. Yeah, I'm going to go Camaro. Yeah, I'm not, like, not they're both good. But... Yeah. Uh, so, anyhow, uh, it's been sold, and somebody will return that to its glory. It's probably someone who has a lot of money. And fix it up uh, the way it should be. It wasn't and, Gary Lauer. And who knows what they'll, they'll end up doing Casey, with it. I just bought something. But I, I thought it was an interesting story how, you know. Just sitting there. Ha, did they even know that uh, that it was as, uh, you know, infamous, or not infamous, but as famous. as famous as it was, yeah. Steve, I think we've talked about this before, but is the Bond Aston Martin your favorite movie car? Yeah, and funny thing, Nick, I was uh, puttering around in my garage. I lifted up a tarp, and there it was. Yesterday. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I had no idea. Wow. Just sitting there perfectly polished, and then it was actually running. I saw no, uh, uh, I, I saw Star Wars over the weekend. I'd seen it before, but I took my son to see Skywalker, and they had the trailer for the the next Bond movie, uh, and it looks like a classic, a classic Aston Martin that comes back in the next one. Yeah, the DB Coupe 6, I believe it is. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's uh, you know, God, I love that car. It's And he's actually been driving it in the past couple of Bonds. Uh, it, with other newer Aston Martins, but that classic look is. Uh, there's a scene where he's uh, the car is going. He's just doing a like a uh, you know donuts yeah. with the machine guns firing. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, you cannot get those from the manufacturer though. Yeah. It, when they they talk to uh, uh, you know, there's a documentary about the making of Goldfinger when they put together that first car. And uh, the Aston Martin company said, what do you want this for? <laughs> they didn't know. Yeah, yeah. And, and so they gave them sort of a like a test vehicle. And 
and a couple of things. So there were two or three of them wow. that they had, they had fixed with all these pneumatic things. And and uh, but those were all physical effects. The shield did come up, and the the battering rams and all that stuff. The revolving license plates. It was all nice part of the car. Always wanted an oil slick or a uh, smoke screen. Well, it's funny too because you see, like in the movie uh, Thunderball, he there's the these sprays of water that come out the back. The car would have to be the size of a tanker truck, to <laughs> a, but you know, you yeah. suspend belief because it's Bond. Of but, course, yeah. All right, uh, never mind. Case I oh, found, man. I found. I was, I was going to have him play Goldfinger. Oh. Uh, Goldfinger. Finger. He's the man, the man with the mightiest touch. A spider's touch. That's why I wanted you to play. Yeah. He loves only gold. Only gold. He loves gold. Oh, Timeless. Boy. Did you hurt yourself? <laughs> it hurts, but I do it for my craft. For you my do art. it <laughs> yeah. for the craft. All right, let me see what else I got in the joke. In celebration of its 125th anniversary, the New York Public Library, which is the second largest in the U.S. after the Library of Congress, has released... Throwing out the books? No. They released its list of uh, the top ten checked out books of all time. Ah. And in first... Is one of them Goldfinger? Place. No. Mr. Goldfinger! No. One of the most popular books at the New York Library! It's on the list. In the in first place, I'll just start right at the top here, is the children's picture book, The Snowy Day by Ezra Jack Keats. I don't even know. That. It's about a child enjoying his city's first snowfall. I don't Stupid. Know that book. Yeah. It's a... <laughs> oh, I know this yeah. book. I love this book That's when I was terrible. a kid. Absolutely. <laughs> the uh, Caldecott Award. Yeah, the Caldecott Medal. I remember that. You remember the little uh, imprint yeah, on the front a of the gold sticker yeah. that would be a gold, gold sticker <laughs> on this crappy book about a kid walking in the snow. <laughs> gold sticker. <laughs> it's uh, not. It is on the list. Yeah. It's on the list. It's number one on the list. Number one. So, like, uh, I think, like, you know, you'd, you'd find that on, on where the wild things are and maybe the hungry caterpillar, those those yeah. classic ones. Uh, so, I remember this book, yeah. Uh, so, it was a child enjoying his first uh, city's first snowfall. It's been borrowed 485,584 times. Imagine the germs on that, Kathy. Times. <laughs> since Probably it was got syphilis all over it. First published in 1962. Uh, another book, uh, Dr. Seuss's The Cat in the Hat, was in second place. Okay. And Were you a Seuss fan as a kid? Oh, yeah, yeah. Very much so. And in fact, I've gone through, I've been going through a cleaning out process at our house. And, uh, Great purge. I found, we, we found way too many books that we need to get rid of. And so I did, and I donated them to the, the Laurel House um, uh, thrift shop that raises money for the Laurel House. Um, but we kept all of our Dr. Seuss no. books. And that, yeah, I and I had to stop and flip through Go Dog Go, and I had to, to look through Happy, you know, um, uh, the birthday book, and you know, Two Girls in a Cup, Two Girls in a Cup, 
It was the one most wonderful cup it was. Uh, there are a lot of Dr. Seuss books, right? Yeah. I mean, yep. I see two How girls. Two girls in a cup. Dozens. I say to you girls, can you what's, tell me what's, what's up? up? I'll tell you what's up. Just look in the cup. You'll After know this, watching there's... that, you won't be able to sup. Mm. Mm, it's full of throw up. And up, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's full of throw up. Come on, man. Uh, I tell you this. Uh... <laughs> I was uh, sort of in and out of Dr. Seuss. I was uh, like, I love the cat in the hat, being a cat like, guy. Green eggs and ham is kind of like the only one that I really. Oh, the yellow belly sneeches. I love that one. The 500 hats of Bartholomew Cubbins. Um, yeah, we were big, uh, big Dr. Seuss. Somebody guys. was asking if the fact that Theodore Geisel himself was, was supposedly not the most likable hey, guy. He's supposed to be a douchebag. But, but the, Doesn't stu- matter. the stuff stands on its own. Doesn't it is matter. what it is. You know, yeah, and that's, the, that's it. Yep. I mean, I, I love Hitler's joke books. You know? <laughs> sure. <laughs> now, mind you, the guy himself, not funny. No. No. But the book. Horrible. Yeah. But his riddles and sniglets. No. Hilarious. Sniglets. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Rich Hull created oh, that. Oh, no. That yeah. was Hitler. Oh, my. Crazy definitions. <laughs> Was it Hitler that came up with the joke? What's the worst thing about uh, ducks not wearing pants? Uh, if you, the joke is funny, yes. <laughs> you see their butt quacks? Uh, see, that's a perfect Hitler joke. Yeah. My daughter made that's that up. That's a dad joke. <laughs> that's oh, a daughter joke. It's a daughter joke. Daughter. daughter. All right, so may I continue? Yes. Okay. Uh, another children's book, uh, The Cat in the Hat, I said was in second place. Then, uh, other children's book on the list. I don't have the top ten. What? But <laughs> you take us down this path. You I said have... there was the top ten, and then you don't have it. I don't. Blame the goddamn story here. Why did I ever hire the show? Bill would be happy. He yeah, hates it yeah. when I fill out all ten things. When in you order. defy expectation, Bill loves that. All right. So, what about the Giving Tree? That's the one book that I, uh, as a child, uh, that that really stuck it, with. Me. It might be on the list. That's okay. Shel. These are kill kids books. That Shel Silverstein. Mm-hmm. It is a an incredibly beautiful and sad story mm-hmm. as well. The, the tree dies at the end, right? Uh, he lives on. Kind of. Yeah, it lives on. The dude dies yeah. anyway. Uh, Maurice Sendak's Where the Wild Things Are was in fourth place. And fifth place was E.B. White's Charlotte's Web. No, it was sixth. Hmm. No, okay. It doesn't say. Charlotte's Web. What's in fifth place? Uh, I don't know, but Bill would be proud because he hates it when things go in order. And I I just completely left out. It's probably Goldfinger. I knew it was on this list. You Char- want the whole list? Charlotte's Web is in six. I yeah, love Charlotte's I, Web as a kid. I, I, one of my favorite books. I, I read that to my son yeah. uh, when he was a kid, oh. when he was really young. And uh, the, so that, that book will always have a special place in my heart. Wait a second. <laughs> I know why it's only these. They're, it's just oh. highlighting the kids' books. There are oh. other books. Mm, as F- number three is 1984 from Orwell. One of my favorite books. That's a great book. It's hilarious. Uh, no, it's not. No, it's 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 uh, that an animal farm. I wanted to go back and and read that again. I will eventually get back to ninety four. It's it's a it's a mind tweak. For Absolutely. Sure. If you want to see a very the John Hurt Richard Burton, um, I've seen it. It's yeah. It's it's beautifully done. When did that come out? Uh, that was I think around nineteen eighty four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They wanted to get it out then, but uh, yeah, there's some good stuff in there. 
Uh, number five on the list was To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee, of course. Great book. Uh, number six, Charlotte's Web. Number seven, Fahrenheit 451. That's my mom's uh, favorite book of all time. Bradbury. She, I yeah. love Bradbury. Yeah. If you've never read Bradbury's stuff, uh, it still holds up. In Fahrenheit 451, uh, Francois Truffaut made a great movie. Um, of it. Has she ever seen that, Nick? I don't know. There was an HBO miniseries that came out last year or the year that before. Gay. Okay, that's what I heard too. It's the Francois Truffaut. But version. my mom was an English teacher her whole career, and she yeah. taught that book every year and read it, reread it every year. I didn't mind the HBO thing. That was um um. I didn't see it. Michael Jordan. Oh, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, wasn't yeah. he the uh, the star in it? He was. Yes, he yeah. was Montag. They they took they made a you know they did a, a modern twist. Okay, on it. it was more like uh more like Grease. Uh, yeah, there were a lot of great songs. So weird. Yeah, <laughs> burning books and everything. And Firehouse Dropout. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was Firehouse <laughs> Dropout. Poor guy, couldn't light a fire to save his life. Uh, so number eight on the list was How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah, that's a classic. Yep. Uh, number nine, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Wow. This is a kid's book. <laughs> it is. And then the last one, hey, I mentioned this earlier, The Very Hungry Caterpillar. You did? I loved that book as a kid. What's I mean, the story? It's, a, it's it's a picture book mainly, but it's a, it's a caterpillar, and as you go through the book, there are little holes in the book that have, uh, it, with dog? each pay. <laughs> no, for your dog. Oh, I knew. <laughs> Yeah. You knew? I, I knew he was going to put a penis through the hole. I knew it. I, th- I thought it was a glory hole book. I didn't know. No, it's as if the caterpillar's eating holes in the book. Oh. If I recall correctly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Did you? You did. Put my D through it? No. Oh, yeah, they're too small. Yeah, they're, they're too small. There's holes in wow. the book as it goes well, through and eats through the food. <laughs> You've just destroyed a class. You did. You ruined it. I was thinking much bigger. All right. Uh, Caterpillar's weekend. Hey, Casey. Yeah? Where did uh, Hitler keep his armies? Um, oh, jeez. I don't know. In his sleeveys. In his sleeveys. Oh, his army. Armies. <laughs> In his sleeveys. Oh, jeez. That's, that's good, right? Stupid. That's good. good. Yeah. Hang See? on. I'm going to go to Jen. She wants to comment on the giving tree. Hi, uh, Jen. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, what's up? I'm actually calling because um, I love the giving tree so much that I got the tattoo of the old man sitting on the stump. I actually have that tattooed on my rib. Wow. And, well, it gets kind of annoying because it peeks, the old man's head peeks out of my bathing suit. (laughs) So I have to constantly explain it. But one funny fact about Shel Silverstein yep. is that he used to actually do Playboy editorial columns. I would read them. Seventy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And he wrote the song "A Boy Named Sue." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He's uh, he's an interesting guy for sure. I, I we love we have where the sidewalk ends. We have the Giving Tree. I we for- have a bunch of Shel Silverstein. How books. does the the Giving Tree ends with the kid? The, no, grows it starts as the kid, and, and then we he, go and we get an apple from right, the tree, and, he, and yeah. he ages. The tree ages. The tree eventually gets cut down. Uh, he the, cuts it down, though. For, yeah. He for does yeah. cut it down. Yeah, make for, a canoe, yeah, right? Preston, you're you're butchering it. You're totally damn you to hell. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps taking, taking, taking from the tree for his yeah. well being, for for his benefit, uh-huh. for his without benefit. nurturing the tree. Right. That's the lesson. Yep. From the tree, and the tree's always giving. So in the end, when he's an old man and he comes back to the tree, she's nothing but a stump. 
and she's apologizing because she doesn't have anything to give him. She doesn't have any apples, and he says, well, I don't have any teeth to really eat apples. Um, and then she says, then we're both effed. <laughs> yeah, we're both effed right in the bunghole. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, that's actually the wording from the book. Yeah, yeah and it actually says, <laughs> Jen, what's the metaphor here? What to, um, what, what's the lesson that is that is uh, uh, to be learned? Only go to certified course. Apple dealers. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, it it depends upon. Like I looked into it, and sometimes they say that it's um, like a mother-child situation. Other people, I think it's, mean, it's just a general. I think a don't, general don't always take. take you, you have, have to, to give. give. Exactly. Well, See, I, Kathy and I, I wrote read them. the expanded edition where when he came back, there was actually a knot hole in the <laughs> yeah in the stump, and he's a, like, "I'm going to finally give you something." It's amazing yeah. that you yeah. guys can ruin. <laughs> and he banged like, it. I, got a yeah. 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 I love it. Yeah. I do it. Did I do okay, Jen, with that one? <laughs> Because the page ends with him finding that hole and licking his. <laughs> <laughs> I like her. Yeah, yeah. I like Jen. I like Jen a lot. You need to come in here so he can see your tattoo. You okay? would figure that maybe he would turn the stump into a bowl or something like that. Say like, that again, Jen. I have a totally random story that I think Casey might remember because. Um, I was day drinking one day because my kids were out of the house and I was like, Mama's going to have some fun. All right. So I was day drinking and it was the day that Casey went into the brand new remodeled Groomall Wawa. Yeah. He apparently like lived for that stuff. Oh, is that yeah. number one? Uh, no, no, no. I... The, no, the Groomall Wawa, my Wawa got, okay. uh, got refurbished and, and I, I Facebook live that, didn't I? Yes, and I was drunk, and I was like, Casey, 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 and I keep, kept trying to get you to talk to me. In the middle and of the day. like, Jennifer, can you just calm down? So Do you remember wasted. this? No. I was pretty wasted. Yeah, Casey doesn't remember, but he doesn't doubt it happened, so. Oh, I don't yeah. hate you for it. Yeah, you, you're having fun at a Wawa. There's worse things to do. I like he's hanging at a Wawa and he won't talk to a drunk girl. <laughs> <laughs> I love running into drunk people at Wawa, don't you? In the middle of the day, you bear hug him and pick him up. Yeah. <laughs> but wait, I you did. were actually at the Wawa or you were doing this on Facebook Live? No. You were Facebook living like, oh, I'm at the Wawa. It's redone. It's beautiful. You know, like real Delco. <laughs> yeah, but he's asking, were you physically at Wawa or were you on no, Facebook? I was on FaceTime. Oh, oh okay. okay. Right. I thought she got drunk and drove to Wawa. That's why you don't remember. <laughs> Let me just pick up my kids. I ate a hoagie against the trash can. I ate a hoagie against the trash can. Oh, my God. Are, have you been day drinking this morning? <laughs> Today? No. Okay. No, I stopped day drinking because usually what I do is I think I mastered it. So now I don't do it as often because you got to start early, take a little nap, and then go right back into it. Okay. So you mastered it and you're like, okay, been there, done that, on to meth. Well, on to meth. And also I was like, I I lived my dream of harassing Casey while he was showing us the newly remodeled Wawa like I gave to... Yeah. You know, okay. dollar signs to SITs. All right. Yeah. All right, then. Thank you, Jen. But, yeah, I want to come <laughs> Thank you, Jen. I'll come in and show you. Jen Hour. All right. All right. I think we changed our mind on that. Yeah. Thank you, Jen. <laughs>
Uh, we have the, we're watching the video of you at uh, Wawa, Casey. It was a good day. Somebody pulled that. Was it a good day? Yeah. I mean, look at my beard. <laughs> it was full. It was oh, full my, oh, my God. That was the year of me painting my fingernails. Oh, I got to tell you, people love that. <laughs> well, anyhow, uh, in case you were curious, I think we were talking about books, right? Yeah, yeah. the most checked out books from the library. Mm, from the uh, New York Library. Right. Public library. Yeah. Very popular library. Real um, quick, do you guys belong to a library? Do you guys yeah. still check out books and stuff like that? All the that? time, yeah. yeah. And movies. Uh, the Radnor Public no. Library, just uh, remodeled. It's fantastic. Okay. No, I should. It's been years. Be when I was a kid, though, it was the, uh, and all the way through my, my teen years, uh, when we were had our house that we were raised in, we were always going to the library. Every weekend uh, was uh, was a thing we do with our dad. Yeah, my wife is a, um, a voracious reader, and so she we, we belong to a couple of different libraries. Ours uh, here and then one down the shore, but... Um, I believe, Preston, you can actually rent audiobooks. Don't quote me on you that. You can. Okay. Mm, yeah, you absolutely can. Okay. Yeah, and um, Casey, uh, often if you join one library in a specific county, like I'm a Delco County member because that's where Radner, Radner is, and uh, you can go to any library in Delco and rent books from there. Okay. Do they have other people's ears all over them, though? No. The audiobooks? Uh, no, you're, you're cool. Question about audiobooks. What format do they come in? Are they on disc? That's a good question. I don't know. Or do you, can you now somehow another 78. Way, digital. Uh, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm probably. sure it's digital. It's got to be digital. I don't know how they would regulate that. I guess give you some kind of a code. Maybe that's, through the website. I'll, I'll have to find out. Okay. All right. Uh, anyhow, in case you were curious, those are the uh, the top ten books that are uh, rented out. Or Good choice. I wonder why out. it was just kids' books. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Wow, yeah. man. Uh, wait a minute. Hold on. Can wait. I go to this call? Yeah. Yes. Amber apparently knew Shel Silverstein. I'm going to go to her. Hi, Amber. Good morning. Hello there. Hi, Amber. It says here that you would house sit for Shel Silverstein? Yes. Me and my friend, when we were teenagers, her mom was friends with him, and he had a house in Key West. And he had a really weird, quirky house. Like, there was a bike that was chained to a tree that was, like, four feet above the ground because he lost a lock. <laughs> so we housed it there, and, of course, we, like, invited a bunch of boys over, and we broke one of his old antique wicker couches like making out on them Mm. and then we started snooping around (laughs) we found something we had never even heard of they were lambskin condoms oh okay yeah still in the lamb yeah with a drawstring on them and everything a drawstring wow he must have been big oh my god we were you know, obviously crippled. Did, by I, did, did he find out that you'd broken the uh, the couch? Was it was no? Okay. I don't think he sat in that room very much. It was like a it looked like more like a formal sitting room, like where people would. And we kind of rigged it up, um, like the wicker, and you know, put pillows, and we put a bunch of blankets over it. And huh? Was okay, he? Uh, what, what was he uh, like in person? Um, we never met him for more than, like, a minute in passing. Like, he, him and the mom hung out, but, like, we would, uh, we would just house set, and, like, that was it. Get a lot of condoms to go through. Yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, well, that's pretty wild. Yeah, I think they went out and did their own thing. We're looking um, at a, uh, a, a, um, article here that says, Shell Silverstein's home, this looks like the home you're talking about, destroyed. Oh, wow. Yeah, there was a bad, oh, uh, no. Bad hurricane rolled through the Keys, what, three years ago? No, and, Nick, uh, it says that he took an axe to it after finding out his couch had been broken. I don't think that was true at all. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it was a natural no. disaster. Interesting. All right, well, no, that's... I didn't hear 
horrible. That's pr- that's a cool story, though. Thanks for sharing, Amber. I appreciate it. Shell Silverstein blows up own house after finding broken couch. <laughs> I was just reading about him. Uh, he had one daughter, uh, and he reportedly met his wife. Wait, uh, one no, daughter. No, he never married. It was his, oh, you're it was, right. It was the mother of his child. He met. At the Playboy Mansion. At the Playboy Mansion, yeah. Mm. But Uh, very sad, his... Susan Hastings. Yeah, she died. I know you're Shel Silverstein. (laughs) You're not the giving tree. (laughs) Want to give him something? I'm going to give you something. Uh, Give you a little wood. uh, She died, yeah, I'm reading this, Kathy, one day before their daughter's fifth birthday. Oh, man. And then the daughter died at 11 years old of a cerebral aneurysm. He had a son named Matthew uh, with uh, a woman named Sarah Spencer out of Key West. Uh, she drove a tourist tackless train, trackless train and inspired Shell's song, The Great uh, Conk Train Robbery. And uh, in 1999, no, Conk Shell. Conk. Conk? He was 68 years old. He died in 1999. He had a heart attack in Key West. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Why yeah. did this? This got dark. Yeah, got, right? It got sad. <laughs> this got really, really You know, bad. as they say at the beginning of Brian's song, well, they're actually, they're quoting Ernest Hemingway. I don't know why I went to Brian's <laughs> song. But all true stories end in death. Ah, this is true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Anyhow, um, should, do we do another story or should we need to take a break? No. Let's explore the life of Ernest Hemingway now. <laughs> Ended in suicide. Yay! Woo! I never have read any Hemingway. Uh, I used to love Hemingway. Yeah? I read most everything, yeah. What would you recommend? Old Man and the Sea? Old Man and the Sea is great. Snows of Kilimanjaro. Heard it short, Old Man and the Sea. It is, sea. yeah. It's, it's Islands in the Stream is one of my favorites. The Dolly Parton. And that is what we are. But the book itself. Sail away with me. And we rely on each other. You're jumping ahead, dude. <laughs> I know, I have to. That's my favorite part. No, 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 no. Uh-huh. no, no, no. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, okay, uh, so what are you saying, Case? We should. Break I say not? we take a break. What right. do you guys say? Yeah, take a break. Who's with me? All right, let's do it. <laughs> Thank you. He just left the room. <laughs> what happened? What happened? I don't die. Oh no, need warmer. You might get in trouble. <laughs> All right, uh, that's my junk drawer. Outro music, please. Outro music. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a President Steve tattoo to give away. Text the word tattoo to 39333. Just might win from world-famous Philadelphia Eddie's tattoo. Uh, Don't forget that the 22nd annual Philadelphia Tattoo Arts Convention is coming this weekend only at the Pennsylvania Convention Center. Uh, You can visit villainarts.com for the details. Uh, we also have 500 bucks to give away, and that's courtesy of Dr. Oz. That's going to be coming up around 9.30-ish. Hopefully you watch yesterday's program. We'll come back in a second. The Geeter is stopping by. Stay with us. What's new? Glad you asked. Highly suspect. Ozzy Osbourne. The Who, featuring Ashes to New. New music, more of everything that rocks. I'm 93.3 WMMR. So it's been a little while since we've been in the same room with our next guest, so I figured I'd play this song. Reunited. Uh, so good. Good 
to get us in the mood for his show coming up on the 25th. It is the Disco Rock and Roll and Soul Show at the Kimmel Center starring the one and only Jerry Blavitt. Ladies and gentlemen, Radio Land, I've landed in a rocket ship again. Yes. Cape Canaveral is the other way. (laughs) It looks wild out there, right? They're doing construction on the building. It does look like NASA here. What are they doing? Well, the the actual, all the stations here uh, with the Beasley Media Group here Uh have all been brought together on this floor. But the building itself... They're doing a refurb on the window, so it, it hasn't quite looked itself for a while. It looks like Philadelphia traffic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So I played Reunited. That's Peaches and Herb. Exactly. Yeah. And they're going to be playing Peaches and Herb. I said Herb, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, I want to make yeah. sure I didn't say Peaches and Herb. <laughs> I've always said that. Yeah. Peaches you know, and Herb. Yeah, that's you know a reggae band. Yeah. You know what his real name is? Herb Fame, F-A-M-E. And he was a policeman. Before he became a singer in Washington D.C., I did not know that. Yeah, now, are yeah. he and Peach's husband and wife? I would always assume no, they were. No, no. They're, they're just they're just you know they're just singers. They're just produce <laughs> friends. Thing. Yeah. Uh, so Peaches and Herb is going to be on the bill, right? Right. right. And Shy lights at Gary U.S. Bonds quarter to three. The Tramps, uh, the Happenings, uh, a tribute to. Uh, Jackie Wilson. Oh, really? And his son, Bobby Wilson, who looks exactly, sings exactly like him. And also a tribute to the late Johnny Maestro with his original crest with Johnny Johnny's singer lead, Tommy Marrow, who takes everything like what Johnny does with the keys. Was Jackie Wilson one of the greatest showmen you've ever seen? No question about it. Yeah. You know, in show business, there were three guys. Sammy Davis, Jackie Wilson... And James Brown. Mm, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. these were the three real performers. What yeah. do you think of Bruno Mars? I think, I think he, I think I think he fits kid, squarely in there. I think the kid is phenomenal. Yeah. I think he has an old soul, and I think he's got a rock and beat with him, you know. Which yeah, is he does, thing. yeah. Think about, like, a guy like James Brown, at least from what I've read and, mm-hmm. and seen, was, you know, not only an amazing natural talent, but a uh, his work ethic and his perfectionism was just... We're going to put on a show. Yeah. yeah. And we, Every are, time. we are not going to mess it up. You guys had to see James Brown work. You know, he had two drummers. And when he would go into rehearsal, he could hear if one note was off. And he'd say, stop, stop. Man, you hit a, you hit a clinker. <laughs> you do it again and you'll find $100. Mm-hmm. He was like a real master mm-hmm. on putting that band together. Held them tight. Oh, man. I believe it. And that's why he could just, like, gesture. He would just, you know, a hand would go this way or whatever. And they knew what it meant. And the band was, boom. They, they were, were like, right on. on well, it. that's like with us. Anybody says anything that's inaccurate or whatever, $100 fine. $100 fine. Anything that's not amusing, $100. But, you know, Sammy was just natural with everything he did. I mean, Sammy never rehearsed. He had Murphy Bennett. And he had George Rhodes. And these cats knew Sammy's mood. So when Sammy would get on stage, he would have a set. But then he would change it, man, depending yeah. upon the reaction that he was getting from the audience. And he'd do hours. People yes. talk about Springsteen, but they do like, you know, four-hour shows. Right. There's a there's a show called The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and I'm sure you were going to bring this That's part exactly up. That's exactly what I was going to bring up, yeah. There's a, the singer on there, Shy Baldwin. Baldwin. Yeah. And there's there's a part where... Uh, the band's getting ready to go on stage, and all of a sudden he grabs a stool, and they all of a sudden start, everybody starts going, stool set, stool set, <laughs> we're playing a stool set. And the band knows, nobody says anything, they just go right in and do what they're supposed yeah. to do. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. show business, man. Yeah. You know, even with Sinatra, I mean, uh, depending upon the audience, 
he would change songs. You know, I mean, uh, he would say at that time his son, you know, Frank Jr. W- was conducting. And he said, throw that out. No, we're not going to do that. Do, do, do this one. And, you know, at the end, it was sad because he was reading teleprompter. And the guy with the teleprompter was not ready for the next song that he wanted to do. And he'd on stage, you know, go yeah. off a little bit. I think when he did the uh, the Madison Square Garden uh, show, the famous show that was, uh, you know, or at least the the, the, the first time, was, right. that was. I remember seeing shots of him, and there's the teleprompters there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I mean, it, it, still to be able to pull off that stuff, there's there's a. Uh, I mean, we're perpetually fascinated with it. It's cool too to see. Um, other entertainers, even even you know, uh, across all uh, age groups and generations, being sort of now fascinated with that Rat Pack, um, you know, Sinatra, that that whole deal. That's now become another that has another rebirth. Have you seen this happening lately, where people well, are sort of embracing that again? Steve, the secret of what they did is they were having fun, President yeah. and Steve. Mm-hmm. They were having fun, and the audience caught that coming into the show. And that's the secret. When you get on stage, man, you have to have fun. Like, this show is a fun show. Right. You guys are having fun. The listeners out there, they're listening because they're having fun with you. Well, we, we appreciate that. So this show, you're, you're, now you know you know who's going to be front and center. Pierre Robert is always, <laughs> always attends. But the, the show sort of defies, it's sort of ageless and defies you know, they, a lot of times you'll go. You may not know the artist, but you will know the songs. The songs. Yeah. There, they, there's there. A lot of them will be part of sort of the American songbook. You no know what I mean? Yeah. And so, who, who's on the bill? Well, you know, this is the forty-first show, and it's hard to believe I've done forty-one shows since the Kimmel Center opened up. And it's it's when you say soul, yeah, the shy lights, ooh, girl. Have you seen her? Oh. When you say rock and roll, Gary U.S. Bonds, you're talking about Jackie Wilson. When you say disco, you're talking about the Tramps. You're talking about Peaches and Herb. Tramps did uh, Disco and Disco Inferno. Inferno right. You know, uh, Zing Want the Strings, Hold Back the Night, uh, Where Do the Happy People Go. Uh, and the one, the wonderful thing about these shows, they're surrounded with a 40-piece orchestra. Wow. Okay. Okay. Nobody in show business at the beginning, when they were first starting, had a 40-piece orchestra. Yeah. Even today, there are no venues where you can have a 40-piece orchestra. We take the exact song, exact chart, and apply it to 40 pieces. Strings, percussion, horns, trumpets. It's an amazing sound. It is at the Kimmel. It's a very cool it's at, at a great venue. That's why people. It's funny after you you know you'll you'll come in and talk about the show and people go see it and we'll get email from people who just I didn't know what to expect and they're blown away because it is sort of it's it's, it's an experience. It, rock and roll in the true essence of rock and roll was Little Richard, Chuck Berry, Fats Domino, Bo Diddley, Jerry Lee Lewis. And, of course, the term rock and roll changed the way it is today. But it was always soul, street corner, and rock and roll, and disco. It just carried on every year. And when music is good, it's timeless. Mm-hmm. Uh, forgive me if we've asked this question before, but is it true that Sammy Davis Jr. proposed to his wife uh, in your mother's house? In my house. <laughs> in your house? Over spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> used to have the, the wow. members of the Rat Pack. You had Sinatra, right? Well, you know, when I really was really doing really, really whatever, yeah. I bought a 22-room estate next to Cardinal Crow at 5859 Overbrook Avenue. And I'd have everybody over. When Sammy was in town, he'd say, hey, 
But coming over, okay, my mom would cook. I mean, yeah. we had a 22 room. Sinatra would come over. Frankie Valley would come over. Rickles would come over. It was always a family thing, and I grew up in a family of show business, so these guys felt comfortable with me. I mean, it was like me you talking right now. You feel comfortable. You feel safe, and that's the way it was Did, did Sammy tell you that he was going to propose? No, this is the greatest story, and it's in my book, You Only Rock Was the ring in a meatball? <laughs> between, between the scongili, <laughs> the lasagna, the spaghetti, <laughs> and the sausage. Wow. <laughs> so we're there with Lola Falana. She was one of the dancers, and Altavis was one of his dancers at the Latin. And we're all there, and his mom was there, Babe Sanchez. And he says, Gita, what are you doing tomorrow? I said, Sam, what do you want me to do? He said, do you know a judge? Everybody went, whoop. <laughs> I said, Sam, you got a problem? <laughs> no, no, no. Altavis, I'm going to marry you. Well, everybody just went, boom. Yeah. His mother kicked me. What's this little thing doing now? She had no idea he was going to propose to her wow. that night. And she started to cry. And he said, you will marry me, right? She said, I will, Sam. Lola Falana, who thought that she would probably be the next Sammy Davis, excused herself, got into the limo. And went back to the hotel. No, Lois Lana was, oh, yeah. was super hot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she wind up with with if you remember uh, George Hamilton. You remember George? Yeah, Hamilton, yeah super tan. He does he yeah. does uh, a Kentucky Fried Chicken commercials. <laughs> he does. And yeah. then she wind up with Wayne Newton. <laughs> wow. wow. No, she was big in Vegas for the longest yes, time. Yeah. That's what happened. Now, I think you told us a story one time when uh, Sammy wanted you guys to watch the movie Deep Throat over at your house. Was that another story? Well, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, Sammy, Sammy was the greatest. See? Was he the hardest partier? Oh, oh, listen, Sammy was, listen, Sammy at the age of four yeah. was dancing with his dad and Will Masterson. Sammy got his education on the road from watching TV and watching shows. He never really read. Sammy would watch. Sammy would look at you guys and pick up things on you yeah. and would be able to do it. He was an impressionist, too. Really good impressionist. The greatest. Yeah. He was a musician, an impressionist, a dancer, and a great singer. Yeah. Acting not too good, mm. but it, so I so. don't know, man. Cannonball Run. I thought he was pretty damn good. <laughs> well, yeah. listen, you would be good in that. Yeah. <laughs> that movie was a lot of fun. There were a lot of uh, that was those were in there. And Sinatra, how about him there? He wanted mm -hmm. to be yeah. the Godfather. Yeah, yeah. Sinatra, yeah. Sinatra was was a good actor. Yeah, hey, Jerry, yeah. I, I, I wanted to ask you uh, if you don't mind me switching gears for a moment because we didn't know if you knew this gentleman or not, but apparently uh, a gentleman named Jerry Stevens, the first program director of yeah, WNMR, yeah. passed. But, one, listen, he was one of the original WIBG good guys. Mm. Uh, good guy. As a matter of fact, he worked here with you guys for a long... Wasn't he program director for he a was, while? I think it the says first, and then came, back, then came the, back to do it again later on. Yeah, right. the first WMMR program director. Yes, exactly. Good yeah. guy. Good yeah. guy. You see, back then, format radio. See, the great thing about what you do, it's no format. Folks, if you're out there in radio land, what you're hearing is what they're doing live. It's no format. Back then, you had to play this song. Back then, at five minutes past the hour, you had to do this jingle. You had to do that. That killed radio. You guys, with what you do, brought it back. And Jerry Stevens was one of the guys that did that. Mm. He knew he hated format. And he, saw, he said to his guys, just, just be you. 
Play the music. This is going to be the list. I'm not going to tell you when to play it. You play when you feel that you feel your audience wants to hear it. And that's what radio is about. Right. Yeah, I mean, we have clocks and stuff that we do and that, that is, there's stuff is scheduled. But there's, like, for example, Preston came in on, on Sunday with Pierre and they did three and a half hours of just off-the-cuff tribute to uh, Neil Peart, the drummer from right, uh, Rush. Sure. Yeah. Right. So that, that, to have that latitude is something that's not common yeah. in radio. So yeah. it's very cool. And you know what you guys do? You're informative for an audience. You have fun with the audience. You inform them about that. And look at TV today. All these morning shows are trying to do the same thing. Yeah. They want to be informative. They want to be funny. They want to put the audience involved. I'll and- tell you the difference, though, is that their information is correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ours is very often not. Yeah. But I think that's our charm, mm-hmm. is that yeah. you always know that whatever you're hearing here, just believe the opposite and you'll be good. <laughs> like Pierre's speech. Yeah. Ah, we were talking. Ah, so the last time we saw Jerry was at the, uh, the Walk of Fame and, and, and Pierre's, uh, you know, it was a wonderful ceremony. But that night, there was a ceremony where everyone got up to speak and we heard of the legendary... Pierre Robert speech. How long would you say that went for? Uh, I two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> it was heartfelt, though. It you was. Know, I love. Listen, I don't, I don't know how everybody else in the room felt, but I, I enjoyed it because it, it was, was great. It was no, great. Yeah. No, but that's, hey, that's Pierre. Look, that's like yeah. what you guys are. I mean, you know. Yeah. So I hear you actually left his speech with two separate sets of birthday gifts. I so. did. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because Nas came on uh, after that. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, by the way, I think he will be inducted uh, this year, uh, Todd Rudman, uh, into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That's pretty cool. I, I voted for him, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, listen, we want to point people in the direction of your show. It's coming up on uh, January 25th. It's a Saturday, 8 o'clock, Kimmel Center. And uh, tickets are available at KimmelCenter.org. But uh, Gary U.S. Bonds, Peaches and Herb, the Shy Lights, the, uh, the Tramps, Bobby Wilson paying tribute to uh, Jackie Wilson, uh, the happenings, a uh, whole bunch of stuff, and just yeah. a lot of that. You do dance at this event. Oh don't yeah, you, you, you dance you a dance, lot. Dance before and after in the lobby, in the plaza, and dance on stage and move with the geek. Don't be shame. Mention the geeter's name. Don't holler. Preston and Steve. It's not going to cost you a dollar. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it. All right, Geeter, good to see you, man. Yeah, thanks for thanks, being guys. here. This is Peaches and Herb, by the way. I go. love this song. Take your groove thing. Shake your groove. January 25th, it's the Gator, Jerry Black. Good to see you, man. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back in just a moment. Stay with us because uh, we'll ask that question about Dr. Oz when we get back and give away 500 bucks. You go cool with that case? Sure. All right, we'll do that when we get back. Stay with us. 93.3 WMMR presents Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month, Huxley. Celebrating our area's best talent. Bringing it to you on air, online, and in the community. Hear and see more at WMMR.com, keyword local shots. Huxley, Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. We have a question about the Dr. Oz show. I apologize for my tardiness here, but we're going to get to it now. On yesterday's show, Dr. Oz talks about 10 unexpected ways to use your microwave. What entree does he show? How to cook in the microwave? 
Caller number 10, you get a shot at it. 215-263-WMMR. Okay, what entree does Dr. Oz show you huh. how to cook in the microwave? 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer, and we are going to do the Bizarre File while you're calling in. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, bizarre File. Brought to you this morning by HERS, shared by Philly families for over seven decades. Pick up a bag of your favorite HERS at your local store during your next grocery trip, and you can keep it Philly. Philly. Keep it Philly, Philly. That's what I should say. With HERS. All right, so in Arizona, two men have been taken to the hospital after a stabbing that took place at the annual Christmas tree burning event that was taking place. Damn it! You would think... Really brings down the Christmas tree burning ceremony. People wouldn't stab each other in the Christmas tree burning event. They would just stop stabbing each other! Initial reports suggest a group was having a Christmas tree burning event and a fight broke out. Two men sustained stab wounds during the altercation. Trying to burn some Christmas trees here. They were transported to an area hospital. Injuries were non-life-threatening, and the story is developing. Uh, police took a man into custody after he allegedly assaulted a flight attendant and then attempted to storm the plane's cockpit last week. This is this would be terrifying if you absolutely. Were on the so, a, a fellow passenger on the flight described the incident, saying that the plane was about to land. When the suspect headed towards the cockpit in a full sprint, jeez, a flight attendant and six law enforcement agents were injured in the ensuing scuffle. So this dude was out of his mind. Check out the tent. We- Wrong one. What was the one you were going to play? Uh, I, uh, yeah! There you go. But now I'm going to play the other one too. Check out the tent we made. Because on the way up to the cockpit, he s- put together a tent. Uh, Matthew Dingley was uh, <laughs> taken into custody. After his United Express flight from Dulles International Airport landed in Newark. Uh, he wow. Re- he reportedly began acting erratically during the fight, flight and stormed the cockpit as the plane neared its destination. Uh, the passenger said this guy, full sprint, right up to the cockpit, hits the cockpit, starts banging on it. After a flight attendant attempted to intervene, Dingley uh, began to attack her. Dingley? Uh, they described the Return flight. to your seat. Uh, he described the flight attendant as a slight woman, petite, and this guy was clocking her. Another passenger on the plane apparently had law enforcement experience and was able to help get the situation under control. Unfortunately, things didn't end there. Port Authority police took Dingley into custody, but only after he continued to fight with them. Uh, she was taken to a hospital, the flight attendant, and then six of the officers were injured. So this guy must have been on something. Just losing it. How yeah. thick is your average cockpit door? Uh, it is... Uh, you know what? That's a good question, Steve. I know they reinforce the right uh, since like nine eleven. They've yeah, they've done more to make sure they're reinforced. But I wonder how how much. But I yeah, hope they're thick. I would think so. But uh, they they got this guy. He's obviously going to be facing some serious charges for that incident. A twenty year old Florida woman is facing a slew of criminal charges in connection with two separate incidents. In one dust-up, she reportedly tried to pee on an officer who was attempting to arrest her following a domestic violence incident. In the second, she allegedly tried to run down a man with her BMW, but claimed to be too high on cocaine to remember that attack. Okay. Officers, well, that's her defense. Officers responding to the home of Serena Maris Probus' sister-in-law. Did I really commit a crime if I was too high to remember? Learned the suspect was drunk and attempted to drive away with her six-month-old six baby. Uh, Probus reportedly bit her sister-in-law on the hand when she tried to intervene and then tried to kick out the window of a patrol vehicle, prompting deputies to restrain her as she was being restrained. 
She allegedly tried to pee on the deputies before spitting on one of them. After being booked on charges including domestic violence and battery uh, on a law enforcement officer, uh, she was slapped with an additional charge of aggravated battery with a deadly weapon in connection with an incident. <sighs> what she, a day I am pooped. She had gotten into a fight with a man at a bar and later tried to run him over with her BMW. She allegedly accelerated at 15 miles an hour and struck the victim, locking him onto the hood of her car before backing and sending him, fl- or, I'm sorry, braking and sending him flying onto the concrete. Uh, she reportedly said that she was high on cocaine and did not remember that evening. In a message sent to the victim following the incident, though, she allegedly wrote, uh, tell Detective Murphy I hit you with the car, and I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell her you deserved it, and I would do it all over again mm-hmm. if I could. This is a defense attorney's dream. Yeah, a driving teacher got arrested after driving drunk while teaching a student. <laughs> Before that, he hit the Germantown High School principal. This is not locally; yeah, it's in a different okay. city. Uh, it was all caught on surveillance video. The video shows the instructor Corey Malone. Backing up into a gate, then hits the high school principal. According to police, when they test him alone, his blood alcohol level was three times over the legal limit. In the back seat of the car, while all this was happening, was a student that Malone had picked up for his driving lesson. Malone later told police he didn't remember having a student in his car. Not a good wow. sign. Wow, he was really trashed. Uh, he works for a private driving school called Just Drive. Should be called Just Drink and Drive. Yeah. Uh, Just drive, you dummy. According to the police report, the owner of the driving school told police uh, she smelled what she thought was alcohol on Malone before he left to go to the high school. What? Uh, She says he told her, uh, apparently he said he quit drinking at midnight. Malone later told police "Eh, it was probably closer to 2 (laughs) a.m. Well, not midnight this time zone. But then he said, but he was not drunk like that. Yeah. So, you know. No. I mean, let's be let's be adults here. So he was taken into custody, obviously. Uh, and then, you know, one more quick story, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, the parents of a teenager who suffered a seizure while chatting online have thanked his friend who called emergency services, and they did it from 5,000 miles away. Aiden Jackson, 17 years old, uh, was talking to an American gamer from his bedroom. Uh, this is in the U.K., uh, and apparently he started having a seizure. His friend, 20-year-old Dia Lathora from Texas, alerted police in the U.K. Con- it's amazing. Down. This is an amazing story. Uh, the first uh, Aiden's parents knew the, the emergency was when uh, police and an ambulance appeared at their front door. Uh, Caroline and Steve Jackson then rushed upstairs to find their son extremely disoriented. Ms. Jackson said we were at home watching TV. He was upstairs. Next thing we noticed, two cops outside with flashing lights. They said there was an... Let me un- just finish his fortnight. An unresponsive mail at the address. Uh, we said we hadn't called anybody. They said the call had come from America. Said I immediately uh, went to check on Aiden and found him extremely disoriented. He had a seizure in uh, May of 2019 and is waiting for a new appointment following the latest incident. In a, in, in a case like that, so you're... Um... I've had to call emergency services for someone else in another state. Right. And I, had, I had to do it one time. Yes, I remember this. Uh, and... They'll patch you through. They will patch you through if you I, call nine eleven. I, I called nine one one. I said I was talking to somebody. They're they're in this state, and I don't know what to do. And they will patch you through. And, and I need some help. And they managed to route me uh, to the right. That's good to know. To the right place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because and this is overseas. Yeah. So I guess they have a protocol in place. And why not? Especially with gaming and yeah. stuff like that. Sure. And people around the world that are connected that way. Thank you, Texas. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Texas. 
Get head taxes ready for your call. All right, uh, so we're going to see if we can get an answer to this on yesterday's show. Dr. Oz talks about 10 unexpected, yeah, 10 unexpected ways to use your microwave. I thought it was the wrong question. <laughs> What entree does he show you how to cook in the microwave? 215-263-WMMR. We're going to start with caller number 10, and that is Dory. Hi, Dory. Hi. Uh, so, Dory, what entree does Dr. Oz show you how to cook in the microwave? How about eggplant parm? Eggplant parm, John, is correct. Yes. Yay! 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 You got it right, Dory. Hang on the line. We're going to get your information. We're going to give you $500. How's about that? That's incredible. Yeah. All right. Well, enjoy, and thank you for thank listening. You so and much. You bet. And watching Dr. Oz. You can get a daily dose of Dr. Oz. Each day, the Dr. Oz Show offers health tips, true crime stories, food investigations, and celebrity interviews. You can watch the Dr. Oz Show weekdays at 2. That's on Fox 29. So today... You'll want to watch because we'll have a question about today's show tomorrow morning. You just might win $500 like Dory just did. Uh, today is true crime. Uh, so they have breaking news. Why won't this doomsday cult mom tell authorities where her kids are? So that's the headline today. We'll find out the story today at 2 o'clock with Dr. Oz. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Let's take a break. Come back in a second. We'll test your knowledge of the program from today with a lesson question, and we'll get the trash and music news as well. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see them too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. That band right there is uh, Glorious Sons, the Sawed-Off Shotgun, or SOS, and they're going to stop by next week. And uh, I believe they're going to be performing in the studio. They've been here before, so we're happy to have them back. Please be with us for that live musical event here on the President of Steve Show. Seven minutes after ten on a Tuesday morning. Your next chance to win $1,000 coming up with uh, Mr. Robert. Roughly around this time, around 11 o'clock, he's going to have the word for you and easy money and your opportunity to win a grand. So don't miss it. It happens five times uh, every weekday, Monday through Friday here at uh, WMMR. You can get all the details at WMMR.com. Don't miss it, okay? It's for a limited time. We're going to do today's lesson question and give away four-pack of tickets for the Philly Home Show, which is going on this weekend at the Pennsylvania Convention Center. Question, I think, today is who invented Sniglets? 215-263-WMMR. And it was not Rich Hall, by the no. way. No. Uh, little, little did you know. Misconception. Somebody else had the idea first. Who invented Sniglets? If you were listening earlier, maybe you know. You should call. 215-263-WMMR. That's the number. We're going to do the trash while you're calling in. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Story, story. Steve's got the stories. What's going on, man? Well, Property Brothers star Jonathan Scott telling the Today Show that his girlfriend Zoe Deschanel has made him a better man. Scott says it was like he was a big straw full of disgusting liquid and Zoe sucked it all out of him. Wow. <laughs> Despite great reviews, Uncut Gems and its star, Adam Sandler, were completely shut out of the Oscar nominations. Sandler issued a statement saying, Oh, my God. And finally, astute royal watchers pointing out that Queen Elizabeth's statement regarding Prince Harry and Duchess Meghan Markle refers to them not by their titles, 
but as just Harry and Meghan. In fact, the Queen finishes off her statement even more informally, referring to them as Pud Tugger and the Queef of England. Wow. <laughs> That's your Hollywood trash. All righty, we'll see if you know the answer to the question. It's a simple one. Who invented Sniglets? 215-263-WMMR. I'm going to go to Matt and see if we can get the answer. Hey, bud, how you doing, man? Good, man. How are you? Good. Who invented Sniglets? That would be Adolf Hitler. Hitler. Isn't that crazy? It's not true, but... Uh, So, Matt, hang on the line. We'll get your information. I'm going to give you a four-pack of tickets. Philly Home Show, the 17th through the 19th at the Pennsylvania Convention Center. You can visit phillyhomeshow.com for tickets. When will we find out if you won your competition or not, Kathy? We're going to find out um, Friday on uh, Philly Live, which is on NBC10 at 11.45 on Friday. Uh, Any indication on how you're doing currently? I mean, I would imagine I won. (laughs) Um, But I don't know. I'm not sure. We'll find out. We'll let you know what happens. We're going to do music news. Now, Preston and Steve's music news on 93.3 WMMR. Sending this one out to Rick Uncal, the Mongolian from Williamstown. Okay. His birthday today, and he texted in. Really? So, yeah, I was just looking for a spot to put it That's in. That's cool. So, the Mongolian from Williamstown. We like the Mongolians. There you go, man. All right, we're going to do Pearl Jam news. They will release their 11th studio album titled Giga Time, March 27th. It is official. Produced by Josh Evans and Pearl Jam, Giga Time marks the band's first studio album since the Grammy-winning Lightning Bolt, which came out in October of 2013. Man, it's been seven years. That's unbelievable. Do we know the meaning and or derivation of Giga Time? Yeah. What does it mean? Uh, so it's a, about the amount of ice that will um, fall off of a, a glacier uh, due to global warming. Oh, so a gigaton. It, okay. A gigaton, yeah. It's, it's not a gigaton. Not okay. like peloton. It's gigaton. Okay. So it's a, a, a weight amount, a mass amount. Gotcha. All right. So uh, the first single is called Dance of the Clairvoyance. I think I've heard that name somewhere before. We actually, we knew what the title was going to be before they announced it. Uh, we'll arrive in a few weeks. We were asked to keep it quiet. Actually, well, no, Bill said next week. And then we were, we were allowed to say that. So it's uh, middle of next week. Oh. Uh, not a sh- not sure of the exact time, but I don't know if you were in the studio present. But Bill yeah. came in earlier and let us know, and that's Mm-mm. okay to say. Uh, but middle of next week, we'll get the new single. And the clairvoyants always know what song is coming up next. Yeah, I did not know that. So Mike McCready said making this record was a long journey. It was emotionally dark and confusing at times. But also an exciting and experimental roadmap to musical redemption. Collaborating with my bandmates on Gigaton ultimately gave me greater love, awareness, and knowledge of the need for human connection in these times. Uh, the album cover uh, a cover features Canadian photographer, filmmaker, and marine biologist Paul Nicklin's photo, Ice Waterfall, taken in Svalbard, Norway. This image features the uh, Nordestlandet ice cap gushing high volumes of meltwater. Uh, the same image appeared on billboards around the world over the past weekend as Pearl Jam sent fans on a scavenger hunt for clues about the album release. Uh, they do have North American uh, tour dates in March and April, uh, but they're going to be hitting um, pretty much Canadian um Stops. They will do one show in Baltimore on March 28th. Which is a Saturday. Okay, and which is Royal Farms Arena. And then they're going to do MSG in New York on Monday the 30th. Okay. And then they're going to do Phoenix, Arizona on April 11th. 
uh, when I'm going to be in Phoenix, Arizona by complete coincidence. Hey, that's awesome. Yeah, so I'm going to try to go to that show. And, and also, Preston, I don't know if you have it listed there, but they're changing the way they're doing tickets. Um, and uh, Casey, we were talking last week, I think, about the Eagles tickets and having it be e-tickets only. Yeah. Uh, Pearl Jam is going in that direction. So yeah. it's going to be ha- – you're going to have to huh. have a smartphone. They're going to try to make it um, – so that uh, tickets can't be scalped nearly as easily, but there are going to be weird restrictions applied to it. Like, if you buy the ticket, you're the one that has to take that ticket into the arena, into the venue. So I don't know how it's all going to work out, but it's very different than anything. Security measure. (laughs) Kind of. uh, Security, anti-scalping, and hopefully, in theory, fan-friendly, too. So Is it going to be, like, ticket wristband, too, or just a straight-up ticket? uh, Ticket on your phone only. So smartphone only, and you will be required to have some type of ID attached to your ticket. They're doing a ticket corncob pipe case, which is a uh, new thing. Very cool. (laughs) Well, listen, they've done done kind of uh, off of the... Uh, out-of-the-box ideas for tickets in the past. So, yeah. you know, I mean, as far as uh, purchasing tickets go. They've always tried to put the kibosh on um, scalping. Yeah, that's been a big thing for them. And trying to keep the prices reasonable. And yeah. I think that's what the intent is here, so that they don't end up in uh, scalpers' hands or even, like, um, stub hub places like that. It's going to be, hopefully, direct from uh, the band to the fans. Hmm. Do you uh, foresee them doing a longer tour that... Would so include the, a Philadelphia stop? The rumors are they're going to do these North American dates, um, including New York and Baltimore. Then they're going to do uh, go to uh, Europe, and then they're going to come back and do more North American dates. But that's only rumor, only conjecture at this point. But I would be very surprised if they if they skip Philly. This is a really yeah. strong market. Um, they always sell out when they come here. And people come from Boston and, and New York and D.C. to Philly shows. And it's where Nick lives. Exactly. And so they well, they've proven me. that they can do multiple days and sell out here as well. Yeah, never been a problem. Occasions. Just from a financial perspective, it makes sense to, to come to this town. So I, I would think they'd be here in the fall, but you never know. Okay. Uh, Rush, which played its final show in August of 2015, apparently had turned down a recurring offer to play a Las Vegas residency. The revelation of the offer came from journalist John uh, Katzelmeets from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, uh, who recalled a conversation they had a few months ago with Bobby Reynolds, senior vice president and concert promoter AEG Live in Las Vegas. When he told Reynolds that he was uh, still waiting for a Rush residency, Reynolds responded with, Rush was my first concert. I put every kind of damn offer you can put in front of Rush. Reynolds revealed that the offer was made in late 2015, so it would have been shortly after they retired. Right. Through early 2016, with plans to have the Canadian trio play T-Mobile Arena four or six weekends a year. Uh, Reynolds explained Las Vegas would have been the only place she could see Rush, and I think it would have been incredible. You look at that opportunity now, well, we'll never know what it would have meant. Uh, Russia's, Russia's final show took place at the Forum in Los Angeles August 1st in 2015. But they just, they yeah. were retired, they were done, they didn't want yeah. to Yeah, you know. Is like Vegas the only place that... Does you really get away with that? I mean, well, I mean, I guess MSG can kind of do that, but there's too many activities that happen Hospitals in, do that, too. in that building. Yeah, well, they do. The thing about it, I think, is that it's a destination yeah. where you can certainly have many other entertainment options outside of just that one particular show of going to, and you make a week out of going to I mean, Vegas. The Who you know? did it? You know, I mean, it, they've they've done residency there, they, mm-hmm. so it's it's uh, I yeah, you're right. If you know where they are and you're a, a big enough fan, I mean, any any big city could do it. Yes, you know, right. for sure. And uh, it's just a matter of having other reasons to go there than than just that particular. Hoover show. Dam, yeah. and certainly Vegas has uh, yeah. has plenty of them. Well, the only reason I ask is, you know, can 
Philadelphia be that destination for a, a bigger band? I mean, yes. Yeah. But I think that, the, like I said, the appeal, other than, you know, what we're known for, you're going to run up the Rocky Steps, you're going to go to the Liberty Bell, you're going to get a cheesesteak. Sure. What other is the glaring things? Vegas, you're going to gamble. You're going to yeah. go to shows. You're going to... Uh, you're you're going to go like you know Hoover Dam for real. Yeah, uh, you know golf. There's a, there's all kinds of entertainment options. Could we dam there. up the Delaware River? You know nobody's considered <laughs> that yet. I mean, come on, stop and think about it. Let's make a really huge dam, and we'll get more uh, tourism in this city. I mean, there's clearly something that's drawing all these acts to Vegas. Yeah, it's got to be proximity to a major dam. I've... Damn, there's a couple dams too, man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Damn. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we could flood out Trenton and, yeah. you know, have a, a nice attraction. Absolutely. Trenton Water Park. Well, what do they have? Isn't there um, the Trenton Island or the Trenton Peninsula or something Is like there? that? Is there? Yeah. It's like an island in the river? It's like, no. It's You're like thinking called, of the mountains of Trenton. It's called something, and, yeah. and I had it in uh, news or sports. We I mean, talked uh, about it one time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Thunder Road's there. We know Thunder that. Road we is know there. That. It is there right. by the ballpark. Mm-hmm. All right, well, anyhow. Don't know if you heard they got plans to dam up the Delaware River. <laughs> <laughs> Blink-182 has joined the relief efforts for the horrific Australian wildfires by launching a new collection of T-shirts for sale. Uh, proceeds from the shirts are going to go towards uh, Australia Zoo, an organization providing medical help and rehabilitation to sick, injured, and displaced wildlife in the country. Bassist Mark Hoppus tweeted shortly after the shirts went on sale, uh, that the band had already received over $20,000 after the first 24 hours. So they're doing what they can. So a picture yesterday of, I guess there's a tournament going on down in Australia, and one of the participants, a tennis tournament, had to stop because of the she was overcome with the residual smoke from the... No oh, kidding. Yeah, wow. yeah. I wouldn't doubt it, man. Uh, there was a story I, I was going to have in the Bizarre File, but it was uh, I had it last week and never got to it, of a woman who got off a plane where there was still so much smoke lingering, and she would, she already had some lung issues, and freaking died after she got what? up and breathed the air for Jesus. a while. Jesus. Oh, man. Uh, we weren't 100% sure if that's what caused it, but there was a, it was definitely a, and a car contributing <laughs> factor besides the car hitting her and running over her. Uh, I think Three times. Smoke definitely made her uncomfortable right before then. It disoriented her and <laughs> yes. she walked into yes. oncoming <laughs> traffic. traffic. Oh, my God. A, she's dead. Yeah. I know. Uh, it's a tragedy. Nick, Nick, it's not lost on Nick. <laughs> Uh, all four ghost album covers are being adapted into 500-piece jigsaw puzzles for release by the UK-based puzzle company Z Productions. That's a great note for you. Are <laughs> the albums that are going to be jigsaw puzzles? <laughs> Isn't that fun? The outfit has previously issued puzzles of Metallica, Rush, Iron Maiden. Slayer, Judas Priest, and Motorhead albums. I'm gonna have to get a. Uh, I'm gonna have to get a Rush jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, uh, the... I had the idea of doing a President Steve jigsaw puzzle. You, you did. Ago. I could yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah. 933 piece puzzle, maybe. Not a bad idea. I, I hate jigsaw puzzles. <laughs> do you really? I do. Oh, why? I hate them. He hates board games. He you do hate a lot puzzles. of like things. However, are, yeah. did you see? I saw a commercial. It's his ADD. That's why. Yeah. It, you're exactly that's right. That's what it's got to be. Preston, there's a commercial on now, and I and I believe it's real for Speed Monopoly, a Monopoly game that takes <laughs> you play in under ten minutes. Would you play? It's an, I might try well, it just to see if it bites all the stuff that I hate about. Well, years ago, I told you guys about a, a faster version of it where they they skip a lot of the the fine details. Well, this I think this board is specifically designed. For the game in ten minutes. Okay. Yeah. You pass, go, you lose. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. 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 
Uh, the Ghost LP covers being turned into puzzles are uh, 2010's debut opus. Debut. It's <laughs> the debut. I read the next word. <laughs> debut opus eponymous. Uh, it's 2013 follow-up. Infet- infestisumum. <laughs> infestisumum. Uh, 2015's Melior. I almost said F-U. I almost just actually said the word. Meliora and 2018's prequel. That's a mouthful of crap. Yep, so you can you can get puzzles now. Jigsaw puzzles. <laughs> Jigsaw puzzles. And then we're going to do ghost hungry hippo. <laughs> uh, the artwork is pretty cool. It's it the kind is. of thing is when I if I was, you know, fifteen or sixteen I would be uh yeah. I'd be digging that and hanging it it's, on the wall. It's along the lines of some old uh, you know, black Sabbath, Sabbath. posters yeah. I, I remember the exact seeing. same thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then one last story, Guns N' Roses, guitarist Richard Fortas was asked in a new interview with Forbes about both the chances of hearing new music in the band's live show later this year, as well as new recordings. Fortis responded, we love bringing new songs in. We always rehearse stuff up. It's just a matter of everyone sort of feeling comfortable to integrate it into the show, and I hope that we have new music uh, coming out this year. Uh, Guns N' Roses, by the way, nearly four years into the reunion with Axel, Slash, and Duff. It's working, right? Yeah, I guess so. I think they probably just stay separate from each other and just play <laughs> the show yeah. and then split. Well, you know, the the, the money certainly is a yeah. draw. Well, you got to do. Right. Yep. The, uh, the catering for uh, Axel, yeah. of course. Uh, they'll hit the road again this year playing South America in March and European Festival Circuit during the late spring and summer as well. And that's what I have music news for. Yes, Kath. Okay, so the island is a neighborhood in the city of Trenton. So it's it's the island neighborhood of Trenton. Is it actually in the water? Though? No, I mean, no, oh, it's okay. just called, you know, like, uh, it's just called like the Venice? island. I gotcha. No, it's primarily a residential neighborhood uh, consisting of detached single-family homes. Oh. Okay. All right, uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a second. We'll get the letter of the day for the word of the week, see what Pierre's got in store for you. And uh, that stuff uh, will be right around the corner. So stay with us. What's new? Glad you asked. Weezer. Dirty honey. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. 93.3 WMMR. Stone Temple Pilots, Wicked Garden. Look at the pictures. I don't know where where did these pop up. It was um, old pictures of the camp out for hunger when Scott came out and yeah. uh, spent some time with us. Was it, were you sharing those cases? Yeah. Did, so there's a those? guy named Darren Leary who uh, he used to work for CNA. Remember that? Uh, old, yes, um, I do remember that. Yeah. And Lou uh, Tilly worked there. Yeah. Lou Tilly. Yeah. Connie Cola. Yeah. That's right. And the Tillyettes. What about him? Uh, so he had sent uh, some footage over from a camp out from years and years ago. I can't remember. It was the same year that I shaved the male pattern baldness into my head. It was yes. at Plymouth Meeting. Plymouth Meeting was yes, the... It was. Uh, yeah. yeah. Were we watching video of it? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, so Casey reveals his, his Dr. Phil haircut, which is <laughs> still one of my all-time favorite moments on the Preston Chiefs Steve show ever. But Scott seems so happy 
And yeah. it was it was sad to go yeah. back and watch that because it was we were really excited to meet him, spend some time with him. He was a very nice guy, very conversive, but he had that he also had that rock star vibe about him yeah. that made him so cool. He had a, you know, he's wearing wild clothes and stuff and but he was just um he seemed so happy, you know? I mean, it, it was, just uh, sucks. Yeah, it does. It's suck, all so. you can say. Yep. 10.36 on this Tuesday morning as we're about ready to wrap up the program. I would like to thank the Gator with the Heater. Jerry Blavid stopped in and his disco rock and roll soul show is coming up (laughs) at the Kimmel Center on the 25th. And you can get tickets at KimmelCenter.org. And the Gator was in fine form today. The boss with hot sauce. That's the one. And uh, he says there'll be lots of dancing, good times. You can hang out with him uh, before, after the show. He's, you know, he's just one of those guys. He he stays at the party, the whole party. Yeah. Uh, So it's cool having him by. And his good friend, Pierre Robert, is here today. He it, these shows are so worth going to, even if you know you're the metalist metalhead. Um, all music is interconnected, as we talk about a lot, and except for Rupert Holmes, we found out. <laughs> except for Rupert Holmes, uh, Rupert Holmes uh, came from another world, uh, and it was a hostile alien world. But uh, we don't hostile. Hostile, yeah. We don't speak wow. his name, right? Their intention yeah. was to conquer uh, right. and uh, eliminate the entire populace of the Earth. Uh, There's no room for that. Do it. One pina colada at a time. <laughs> so is he? Is he whose name we shall not speak? Yeah. Yes. Yacht Rock. Rupert Mort. Oh, Rupert Mort. That is um, too funny. Anyway, these shows are so much fun, mm. uh, and the, it opens as Jerry mentioned with the orchestra. But he comes out and sings a number or two. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, that. yeah. I mean, it. He's the open. He's the opening act. So the orchestra strikes up. Uh, and then he comes out and um, does at least one, sometimes two songs, and sometimes a little dance with that. It's like an and old-time review. It is. Right? It's yeah, I love Very that. much so. I love that. That's a great perspective, and that's exactly what it is, because the orchestra backs up every act that comes on. Yeah. A lot of these guys are on these circuits uh, that'll tour. You know, they have three or four or five hits, so six or seven of these bands mm-hmm. will perform at a, you know, like a Keswick Theater kind of a thing, or these rolling reviews so they have the same band that way each you know group comes out but um it's so uniquely done uh and get, uh, Jerry has no more than seven no less than seven costume changes between <laughs> each time he comes out he has i mean beautiful suits flashy wild suits outfits like uh you know custom designed for him he's quite a wild absolute there's nobody like him yeah. uh when he came to my uh, rock and roll um and I'm glad that uh you you enjoyed my speech <laughs> glad that was referenced into the conversation uh, and I'll never live down but that's all right because F them. It's done. <laughs> yeah. You're the one who's in it. Yeah, yeah. I'm the one who's in it. Yeah. So yeah. what are they going to do now? Yeah. Tell me to stop talking? Yeah. Move along. Beat it, creep. Yeah. Oh, I, I say that with love. But um, the 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 way these things are presented is so much fun. And I he, he, the costume changes. And then he comes out and he introduces each band. Then they come out and sing three or four of their hits. And then Geeter comes on with another outfit and he goes, but wait, wasn't there that song in 1955 when you were down at the hot dog stand, you know, and you saw the girl? Oh, yes, Geeter, we forgot about that one. And then they go into that one, nice. the big, big one. Yeah. And um, it, so last year, there's a, a break. And so last year I was there and I went backstage at halftime to see him. 
uh, and and kiss the ring and pay respects to the great man. By the way, on my on the thing on the he rode his bicycle over to the outdoor induction ceremony. That oh, really? Day. Yeah. And he, I think he told us his age, and I think it's 77, 78, it's 79. Amazing. He's in yeah. phenomenal shape. Um, he's in phenomenal shape. He rides his bicycle all over town. Um, and and when you go to dinner with him, he brings his own wine. He will not accept the wine of any restaurant. Hmm? Uh, he brings his own wine, no matter how. I mean, you could, you know, it could be Lebec Fen and back in the day, he would bring his own wine. Hmm. Anyway, so... Um, it's halftime, and I go kiss the ring and say, you know, and I'm always enjoying the shows. And he goes, wait, 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 get me the orchestra director. And he brings the orchestra director, and he goes, where's the timpani, the big drum roll thing? I go, what are you talking about? He goes, you're going to go out and introduce me for the second half. And I go, I, I think that's too much. I don't think I, I, first of all, I am not worthy. I'm not worthy. And he goes, yes. Now, this is what we'll do. <laughs> timpani. I want a timpani giant drum roll for Pierre. And I'm going, I think that's too... No, that's the way we're going to do it. You get a drum roll. Then you come out. Then you talk for a bit. Then you bring me out. I go, okay. <laughs> so the drum roll kicks up. The lights come down. And out go I, much to the shock of his audience, I'm sure. And I'm going, don't worry. This is not a terrorist taking over the Kimmel Center. Uh, I just happened to worship this great man. And I introduced him. And he came out. And it, that was uh, quite unexpected. Nice. So. Excellent. It's it's they're so much fun. It's a week from Saturday. You got to go. Next one, next one's on the twenty fifth. So get your tickets. Uh, we're gonna do the ladder. You ready? Yes. It is. Preston and Steve on ninety three three WMMR. Now the daily letter. All right, and the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter A as in art. All right, and we have two letters. Going to need five altogether before it makes a word. That'll be on Friday. We have an overnight stay at the Ocean Casino Resort in Atlantic City. Dinner for two. Two tickets to see Aaron Lewis. Saturday, May 30th at Ocean's Ovation Hall. And tickets are on sale now via Ticketmaster.com. For more information about this and other shows at Ocean Casino Resort, you can visit their new and improved website, theoceanac.com. You have to be at least 21 years of age or older to win that. Uh, What's happening on program today, Saw? Well, we'll have another $1,000 opportunity coming at 11 and another at 1. Jackson again at 4 and 6 p.m. Then, uh, that's our easy money. Then uh, we've got Workforce Blocks, which would be cool for Dave Grohl's birthday, obviously, Foo Fighters. And uh, we've got Kings of Leon, one of the uh, fighting Fallowell brothers uh, and cousins have a birthday. I think it's Caleb we'll get to. And then uh, you had referenced, and I'm, I'm glad you did. I meant to get to it yesterday, but I also did another block of Rush yesterday, which I had wanted to do with some of the songs you and I didn't get to on Sunday. So I didn't get to it yesterday, but Jerry Stevens, you had referenced with Jerry Blavitt was our uh, original, apparently, program director, our very first MMR program director. And he's the voice you hear on a lot of the vintage station IDs. Really? Yeah. So when you hear, like, the Wizard of Oz ID, you go, the radio station. How about the uh, uh, the cruise ship? Yes, uh, he's that, that voice. Okay, yeah. I love it. Yeah, he's the voice on almost all of those. Not Gene Shea was the voice on some of the other ones. Uh, but uh, Jerry Stevens did a lot of those. And um, so I thought I would do, and yesterday's the anniversary of the very first radio broadcast, so I thought I'd do a little block of radio songs and some of our vintage IDs in there, which I like to throw in on a regular basis because they connect us with where we've been. I love it. Excellent. All right, uh, let me see. I need to mention this. Today's Tat Tuesday. we got a winner. Oh! Uh, So we need to mention... Tat Two. Our winner is from uh, Boyertown, and it is, is that Ruth Casey? Ruth 
Ruth Carnes. Hey. Carnes. Carnes. <laughs> I looked up the word Carnes. And what they say Carne, mean? Like, like I was, you know, like chili con carne and yeah, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It means uh, the meat from an animal. Ah. Sorry, Pierre. From an animal. No, it's actually a carny worker. Oh, okay. Uh, it's one of those guys. Yeah. Well, it's even worse. Toothless ex-convict. Uh, so, uh, Ruth Carnes uh, from Boyertown gets a $350 gift certificate for world-famous Philadelphia Eddie's Tattoo. Uh, by the way, the 22nd annual Philadelphia Tattoo Arts Convention is coming this weekend only to the Pennsylvania Convention Center. You can visit villainarts.com. Yes, Marissa. Yes, I will be. Uh, this is Casey, by the way, yeah. speaking for Marissa. Casey is holding his finger up like Marissa does when she has yeah. something to say. She does a cheese curl. <laughs> she does. Uh, no, but I, I, Casey boy, will be at the um, uh, tattoo convention on Friday night. I'll be there from like 4 to 6, kind of hanging out. Uh, if you've never been to anything like this, uh, go, because it's not just a bunch of people and, you know, getting tattoos and tattoo booths. I mean, there's like it's not your grandmother's show. tattoo convention. It is not. There's sideshow stuff. The first time I ever walked into one, I, there was a person being suspended uh, from, like, meat hooks in their back. What? Oh, God. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's pretty it's, cool. It's, it's a lifestyle. It's, yeah. it's, it, I, I think it's awesome. I yeah. think the whole the stuff you always see lined up is mm-hmm. amazing. And if you're a fan of, like, Ink Masters and stuff like that, I mean, the, the, the most famous popular tattoo artists do come here for that, and you can get tattooed by them. Me mm-hmm. here? Mm-hmm. Excellent. So you'll be there what day? Four to six on Friday. All right. I want to get tattooed. What are you going to get? Seriously. Yeah, but I don't know how to, you know, how to... Find one. I went to that one year, well, and it was like it was like overwhelming. There were well, so many. We have connections. Styles. Yeah, well, we you have, have an some idea? really good artists. I want a half moon. Okay, okay. Uh, you get a, a big pina colada on your back. That <laughs> a half moon with a pina colada. <laughs> I want to get a tattoo of Pierre with a half moon uh, on my back. That's what I'll get. All right. Okay. More on that later. We should right. get one. They're, 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 the state of the art in tattoos now is amazing. Mm-hmm. I want to mention we have a new Daily Rush video. Uh, it is uh, the Nell on the or it's Nell on the Brady Bunch. <laughs> uh, the description is Jodie Foster was almost cast as Cindy Brady. Uh, you can watch it now at PrestonandSteve.com, sponsored by Punchline Philly Comedy Club Restaurant and Bar. Um, thank you to our sponsors. President C Show has been brought to you today by Acme Fresh Foods, local flavors, the official supermarket of the Preston and Steve Show. And also by HERS, the official snack food of the Preston and Steve Show. Tomorrow on the program, it's Wednesday. We go live on Fox. Good day. Todd Glass will be here. Right. And apparently we're going to be sticking Todd with needles tomorrow. What? I kid yeah. you not. He's going to get like IVs and stuff. Okay. So uh, that's good. I was going to say we'll have details. Tomorrow, oh, he's going to get but... meat hooks in his back. Oh, and yeah. we're going to yeah. suspend it from the ceiling. And comedian Nick Thune, another great uh, comic who will be here tomorrow. So it's going to be a fun day. Make sure that you are with us. That is it. We are done. Rage on. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow, gang. Bye-bye. The Breston and Steve love you. hate you. Line. 2,020 years of evolution. And for some reason, we can't have tongues spread germs. It's amazing. Next message. Just driving down 422 East, saw a billboard that said, Long live the king. No perk, rest in peace. Much love for whoever put the money out to put that up, man. Next message. This Romano is a beautiful, intelligent woman. But after this morning's conversation about the germs, I am firmly sure that this bitch is crazy. The Preston and Steve Love You, Hate You line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR Rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.